North-South Connection, welcome to another episode of You Know What That Means, the AEW podcast here at North-South. I am your host, Jordan Duncan. I have both my first and last name, uh, along with my co-host, Mr. Andrew Reich, first and last name. Andrew, one year in the books. We've been doing it for a year. Congratulations, my friend. I know. I cannot believe it. We yeah. actually coexisted. We coexisted at least one week longer than the other ones did. Right. I mean, listen, <laughs> you did bite me that one time, but I am willing to overlook it. You know? I did throw the chair, but remember, the chair only like went about five inches ahead of me. Right. You know? back, I'm, not str- I'm not a strong man. Yeah. Back in episode eight, <laughs> I went into business for myself with a promo. Um, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> you tried to give me. You you caught COVID and tried to give it to me one night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All water under the bridge, my friend. I mean, now listen. I know those people probably know that you know we are delayed on our show. We we felt like this was a special occasion. Yeah. We wanted to recap all out instead of having to preview it. And yeah, I think we made God the right choice. <laughs> Yeah, our schedule is every other week, and uh, the way our schedule fell was an all-out preview, and we went to Justin. Now, I will say, Scott gave us us a nice under-the-table offer Mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden, you know, made some cold calls, and I can't say the delay of of our one-year anniversary episode has anything to do with any external offers that we were using as leverage on JT for North-South. But we did get our names back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I will say this. Uh, I was contemplating going back to main event, but then this morning I was getting out of bed and there peeking out under my bed, just like Dexter Loomis was Nate Milton himself, and it freaked me out a little bit. So, <laughs> Did you and see John, that? I, I, you looked up the ceiling and John Pollock was staring right. at you. <laughs> I know we're an AEW show, but did you see that, that visual on Raw? I they had the cage it. match. I thought the camera. I thought the camera work was fantastic. It was so cool. Like I didn't see the match, but I saw the clip on Twitter. It was great, dude. It was it was yes. a, just as good as back in NXT when Keith Lee like appeared out of nowhere. You remember that one time? Yes. Yeah. It yes. Was such good camera work. Dexter or like Loomis when Brock Lesnar's little like his little flex, and then Goldberg speared him out of nowhere. So camera work works just perfectly, and that was that's the one where they clearly like patterned the entire show because they didn't show Dexter. I mean, I I mean. I have enjoyed that angle, so I have been watching Raw a little more closely now that Triple H is in charge. That that might might mean I'm a mark, but whatever. But they didn't show Dexter the whole show, and Audi pops at the end. So it was clearly like they wanted that big money shot yeah, at the end. And it was good. It, it worked out beautifully. It was pretty you know? fun. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. Uh, normally, I'd be you know. Again, we are an AEW show. We don't talk WWE that much. I mean, sometimes like when Vince got canned, we talked about it a little bit and. We also yeah. don't really bash it that much. I mean, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. We're more in no. AEW it was in, it was in tandem with a loaded week because they had mm-hmm. their big pay per view slash premium event <clears throat> in Wales uh, <laughs> of um, the same weekend as as AEW's big pay per view All Out. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously AEW. I don't know if they got the last laugh, but they got the um. Well, they got nobody's, the last. Nobody's talking about Clash the, of the Castle for the last two days. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Exactly, and and not to begrudge that show, they had some. It had its moments for sure, but we're we're not like like we we're not we're not close lines and headlines. I'm sure they'll take care of that side end of it. We're Mm -hmm. doing all elite wrestling. Uh, We love all elite wrestling. We still love all elite wrestling. Please don't leave us all elite wrestling. (laughs) Some of the all elite wrestlers make all elite wrestling right now. uh. You know all all. You know that's the funny thing about all this. I mean people know what's going on already with the the skirmish between CM Punk and the Bucks and Kenny. 
they do realize it's called all elite wrestling. You can't have the elite <laughs> yeah. elite wrestling. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe you can. <laughs> I kind of all day long. I've been thinking like, okay, how do we attack this? Because that's all anyone's talking about is this punk, Buck, Skneeth, Hangman Page, I guess, too. Scott Colton, Colt Cabana deal. I'm like, do we start the show with it and get it out of the way? Because then we run the danger of talking about it for an hour and a half. But I feel like we can't bury the lead. We got to talk no, about that. No, and you remember, know? we are we are the infamous podcast tag team, the Rampant Speculators. Absolutely. So and once, once we heard this story, you know, I was going to tell you a joke that you remember. For those who remember the very first episode of You Know What That Means, um, I had to do it on a mobile phone because my power went out because of Hurricane Ida. Yep. I was yep. gonna make a joke and say um, that I bought as as a as superstition because all out 2021 was so great when they had Punk date uh, Punk's return match and Cole and Danielson pop up. I was gonna turn my power off on purpose and run my cable <laughs> on generated power just because I hope that the show was as good. Uh, we'll get into it and think. Hope hopefully we come up with something that you know, is co- comparable to, yeah. like, those other shows, those other past pay-per-views, because that's Tony Khan's sort of thing. He, he loves to deliver great pay-per-views. We'll see if he did it again once we're finished talking about it. But, yeah. you know, I, I, the, the joke of it was going to be like, oh, did anything happen? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. that was the show, you know. It was it was wild. It was it was all over the place. It was unpredictable. And that was just the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just muffin eating punk right there. So what was in those muffins, man? Truth serum or something like? I know. I mean, he just started shooting the breeze. I mean, you thought you thought the art of wrestling podcast was bare knuckle, unfiltered craziness. You know like, what? This, one of my favorite wow. things about this, and you can watch this whole. But if if you're in the dark, first of all, I don't know how you listen to our show and you haven't heard about this, but. After All Out, uh, they did a uh, media scrum. It could be watched on YouTube. And CM Punk did not talk about MJF, did not talk about John Moxley. He talked a whole lot about Colt Cabana, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, and had a lot of choice words. But what I thought was even weirder about the whole bizarre scene was the microphones made everyone sound like James Earl Jones for some reason. <laughs> I thought it was the TNA narrator. <laughs> Cross the line, TNA. <laughs> TNA narrator is all elite. <laughs> yeah, so so for those who want to see the unfiltered version, not only that, AEW didn't catch the beginning of the thing because he just jumped into it. Yeah. He basically like he basically like egged on any reporter and brought up Scott Colton and just goes into a rant. And you can see Tony Khan in Denise Salcedo's video which is much more clear and actually has their real voices in it, <laughs> trying to interject desperately and just can't. Like, yeah. And, you know, we I know when we did main event, Ben Morris had made a, comp, a comparison that, you know, Triple H is the adult in the room now and Tony Khan, and Vince was a senile man, and Tony Khan is the raging teenager cokehead. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that he is a raging teenager cokehead, but there is a part, there is a point for Tony where, Someone with a little, with with just enough professionalism to try to keep everything above ground would have been able to step in and say, "Okay, we're not going to let this get out of control." Yeah, and this possibly. just got out. Let's just be real, even if it's a work. I will. I will say though, it would be, uh, it would to, be elaborate work if it was. I will say to Ben Morse's comment about Triple H being the adult in the room. Triple H, of course, had a classic Triple H petty. Oh yeah, they beat us one, beat a developmental brand. So if he's the adult in the room, he's the 
a bitter adult who's trying to relive his cool teenage years. So yeah, <laughs> you know, like the only the only thing that now some of Punk's statements did have a touch of validity to it. Mm-hmm. The one that I didn't like because it was just a really bad analogy was when he said, "Well, they need you need to listen to your elders." You know, if I'm on a team with Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, and Sammy Sosa, how could who are you to tell me I don't need to work on my swing? Actually, CM Punk, you don't need to work on your swing if those are your teammates because you're so pumped full of steroids. You could probably hit 50 home runs and not learn how to hit a baseball. Right. That yeah. was a poor analogy. Yeah, so, I mean, this all goes back to, I mean, what, May, June, May? when, when... it. So there's all these rumors that are floating around. I highly doubt that even though we have a dark dynamite coming up in uh, Buffalo, New York, that's mm-hmm. the first time they're going to be there, by the way, Daniel Garcia's hometown. Um, we don't know what's really going to be unearthed or not. I mean, if it's a work, it's a grand work. It won't be revealed for a very long time. If it's a shoot, then there's probably a really good chance that Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and CM Punk are not going to be there, and they have to pivot to something different because, remember, Grand Slam is right around the corner. So they're going to have to immediately pivot to something that they – something well, good. They go right to MJF. I mean, I, they, 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 they're in no short supply of, oh, Wait, man, we've got – MJF is back? Yeah, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they could absolutely do Dynamite uh, tomorrow. Of course, we're talking on Tuesday. You're listening on a Friday. Uh, they could do dynamite without Punk, without the. They could certainly do it without the Bucks and Kenny because they won a trios title. Like they're not really in a significant storyline right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and they're so loaded with talent. That's I mean, what I'm, I'm saying. Sure like, that they can move it around and have something that can please the fans. I don't think they're there to try to fill fill it to the fill the stands up in Flushing Meadows. Yeah. So like it's called Flushing Meadows, right? The, in the oh, in I have no the, idea. The USO Arthur Ashe, whatever Arthur Ashe Arthur Ashe Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, they. I don't think they're trying to get nineteen to eighteen thousand people like they did last time with Kenny and Danielson. I think they just want to have a good show. Yeah, you let's, know. Let's it, let's get back to the scrum though. Um, okay. And I don't want to dissect word for word because again, we're we're kind of late to the party. You know, we're in the age of the internet where first response is the one that everyone hears the most. So we're everybody's heard everything that was said, right? I think what we like to do, of course, is rampantly speculate. <laughs> and make wild accusations. So, <laughs> I was thinking about it. There's essentially, this boils down to four things, and you've already mentioned it a couple times. One, it's all a work. Eh. Two, it's all a shoot. Mm. No way. Three, no. <laughs> three, it was a work that has turned into a shoot, or four, it was a shoot that has turned into a work. Those are the only okay. possible. Okay, options. here's mine. I think it was a work that turned into a shoot. Okay, that's that's kind of what I think too, um, and the reason why we say that is because obviously this ties in with MJF coming back. We see that the company, and masterfully by the way, can do a worked sh- a, sh- a worked shoot and pull it off. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was one where I know it sounds super. I, it, it sounds it sounds like you know, um, uh, uh, Stephen um, Stephen Hawking's science, but but. MJF was a shoot that turned into a work. I think he was legitimately unhappy with his contract, yeah. but they were able to twist the narrative into something that would be um, something that fans would get behind. Right. It would also 
kind of indirectly turned MJF into a baby yeah. face. He got a huge ovation when he my, showed up. My personal belief is that it turned into a work way before others think. Like, I even think mm-hmm. the plane ticket and the no show, I think that the was all I think that was all work. All of that. Yep. I think by then that so. I think it had already all been resolved by then. Um but since we see that the company can do that and make it so believable, it even though this feels very real, there's still that like you know what I right. mean? Like now, when we when we when we took off, you know, uh, to uh, for from our from episode twenty five, we stopped where Moxley and Punk Punk had just returned, and they had a face off. Yeah, we did not see the we did not recap the promo where <laughs> Ace still drops the F bomb. <laughs> he just calls Hangman Page out of nowhere. Yep, like out of nowhere, and it's like, what is this? Yeah. And. Uh, then all of a sudden the rumors are coming out. Oh, he had he went sideways with a uh, hangman because hangman said something about workers' rights in the promo and called out Punk as being like a fake and uh, trying to like steal AW from the elite and blah blah blah. Right. And that's kind of the rumors that started to creep around. Then they had a um, the Moxley Punk match and they moved it up. Uh, to live TV, and Moxley just easily beat Punk, and then they did it. Then they ran it back with that Ace, that crazy Ace Steel promo. Yeah, yeah, which led to a pretty good go home promo from from Punk. I mean, oh, if, it was it was fantastic promo. Yeah, um, I mean, he still got it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really wild. I mean, and it all led to really what we all thought was coming all along. You know, we, you and I have been banging the drum for a while that Punk is gonna win the title at All Out and MJF is gonna return either right before then, right at All Out, right at the end of All Out. We we kind of saw this coming, you know, not to tip our cap. We just or wasn't sure about the musical chairs. We didn't know who sure. was gonna have the title, sure. who was challenging, who was chasing. Sure. We just didn't know yet. And I, to AEW's credit, I think they did a great job of making us wonder. I thought when they announced they were gonna fight on Dynamite, I'm like, oh, MJF's back. Uh, then it didn't happen. Uh, and then yeah. I thought, okay, MJF's going to cost Punk the title or do this or do that. I, I also, I got to say this, I also love the one about, uh, did you know that it was John Moxley's idea to win the title? Uh, duh! <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, you, you're going to put me over as the champion? Oh, that's a great idea, Tony. Hey, Let's Tony, go I got another that. idea. How about I squash him in two minutes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, obviously, we'll talk about the, we'll we'll get to the recap portion, but I thought the rematch was phenomenal. Yeah, like well, I thought it was, it was a great match, and how it, and the shame of all this drama, that, Jordan. I was, I was just gonna say that was so sad about it is forgotten. Yeah, is like that might be the last CM Punk match we see. You know, like possibly. And I will say this: if that is Punk's last match, then I'm still thankful for AEW that his last match is not the 2014 Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> or the WrestleMania 20 when they had Goldberg and Brock. Had it been their last time, sure, sure, you know it would have been like, wow, what yeah. a horrible fart noise to go out on. So you know, I mean, this thing goes back to when Hangman Page was still the champion because that's who Punk beat for the title. Right. And even then, I'm sure if we dig into our archives, we speculated about the possibility of a Punk heel turn because Hangman Page did cut that promo where it was kind of like a. And we didn't read much into it then. Apparently, CM Punk read more into it than anyone on Earth. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> well, we thought it was a work for a while because right. we thought, well, oh, he's just needling something that really isn't there because it's just it's just a way to be to make an elaborate work out. Well, of see, nothing. I think what we thought was that it led it was a long term plan to maybe have Punk turn heel 
and become the guy that he said he never was. Like, Punk becomes the corporate oh, guy. Oh, CM Punk turned heel all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he turned heel on the locker room. Right, but I, and I, I really do think that might have been a plan at one point um, to have mm-hmm. Punk be the bad guy because I think Punk's more comfortable as a bad guy. Punk himself would rather be a bad guy, and he showed that he could do it, like... I mean, in, when when they went to Long Island, when even in Cleveland, he can be a heel very easily. Yes, um, he can be a face very easily. Uh, maybe not so much now moving forward. And but... that's and that's CM Punk the character. <clears throat> now you know, just just like the show that right. always that we all that we usually start with. You know, the one that Punk is n- known best for, cult of personality. The idea of a cult of personality is that it's it's almost authoritarian, like yeah. or like an autocracy, like the idea that. This one person can can guide the way. Like yeah. if you, no matter whether there's five people in the locker room or thirty people in the locker room, this is the one that you need to follow. Like yeah. that's the idea of cult of personality. And I'm not trying to like make too much of a of an analogy because I don't think Punk's necessarily that egotistical, but he is a you know he is a different type of personality. Right. You know, and it's not the kind of person who might he might not be as collaborative and he might be ornery, but you can't be Leroy Jenkins. Like right. you can't just go. I mean, for those who I mean, Jordan can probably walk us through that um, that Leroy <laughs> Jenkins joke with the computer game. But there are just some people who are wild cards and CM Punk is definitely one of those people. But the other thing too, Jordan, and it's just. You know, it's just it's just hard to escape is the inevitability of a of a superstar big name alpha male or alpha female name that comes in and it's like, all right, it's my spot and you're and I'm going over, you know, just like Hogan in the 80s. And like even when The Rock beat John Cena, it had an inevitability to it Mm -hmm. of like, of course, I'm going to win. I'm the top guy. I'm the reason all these people paid tickets to come here. And it does, and, and, you know, like Punk kept saying in that promo, stop me when I'm telling lies. It's like, well, no, I get it, Punk, you're not telling lies. But sometimes the truth is better left unsaid. Right. You know, well, because he said in the scrum, he said in the scrum that, you know, uh, you shouldn't air dirty laundry as he proceeded to air the dirtiest laundry the company has. <laughs> like, you know, I mean. Just, I mean, God, he like calls out, I mean, I don't even think it's worth even like elaborating on everyone's seen it he calls out cole cabana's mom right i'm like that is fucked that's that that's a good jumping point to where i said there's there's four directions this could be and that is the key to why i don't believe that this is all work uh you could still have the the fist fight and the ace steel stuff and punk shooting on hangman page that could all be a work but when we go when we compare to the mgf mjf story right everything made sense to what the payoff would be yeah, because how much have you heard? If of this MJF is a work, then the payoff nothing. has to be Colt Cabana comes back and beats CM Punk, and there's no way in hell that's happening. Well, remember the other teammate of theirs, Ace Steel, he got a chunk out of Kenny Omega. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> can you, like, if, can if, you if, imagine there's a dog in the locker room, and the one who bites Kenny Omega is Ace Steel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Like, we we can dismiss the fact that this is all storyline because. It's a story that doesn't make any sense because if this is all storyline, the then it has to it's be. The carny, it's the carny nature of professional wrestling. Yeah. It's so absurdist that when you hear a story like that, you're like, of course it's, of course it's, we're all being worked. There's no way that something that stupid could really happen where 40 year old adults are fighting over fake storylines. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I think we cross off that it's all work because, again, you have to look 
down the road? Like if this, if you are the mindset that this is all a work, then where does it lead to? And shooting on Colt Cabana for five minutes tells you that Colt Cabana has to play a role in this, and I just don't see that being the case. Yeah. If it, so, if he had just stuck to Hangman Page, I think I would still stick to my guns and be like, nope, this is all part of the act. But yeah, hey, I, I will say this. I mean, all <laughs> the, the there was some there were other people in the media scrums. The best one was Chris Jericho because Chris Jericho, <laughs> God bless him, he's such a diplomatic person. He just comes in, hey guys, how y'all doing? Right. While while there's fucking Rome is burning behind the curtain. <laughs> He's just amazing. Like, uh, like it doesn't shock me that he's the voice of reason, you know. And here's the other thing. I mean, there's a lot of thoughts I had about that, and you know, maybe when there's a little more, there's more facts come out, and the punish. Because listen, Jordan, there will be punishments. There will be consequences. Right. Like, in fact, there's rumors. People will know more by the time they listen to this that CM Punk is injured. You know, he got that he either got injured in the match or he got injured in the fight. So. If he's out, you can suspend him for two months while he heals, and then you suspend the Bucks and 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 Omega, or just take away their position as EVP. I think that which is which is you, why which is where Punk brought up because he never said their names, but he said EVPs that can't run a target. Yeah. If you uh, if you inter- if you uh, suspend him, I guess you just have to make John Moxley the interim champion again. <laughs> So. John Moxley is going to be like the interim champion like eight times. He's going to be interim <laughs> champion for as long as Roman Reigns has been WWE champion. At He'll this be point. sixteen time interim <laughs> champion. <laughs> the Woo! Champion of all time. But yeah, I mean, this is again we're we're in a weird spot where we're taping because we have to talk about it. We're an AEW mm-hmm. show, uh, but there's still not a lot. Uh, not a lot of concrete plans laid and the, out. And the truth you know? is, Jordan, I don't think we're going to get the truth for quite a while because well, I think there's I, legality I, no, see, there. I, think I, I can see the young bucks filing. I can see the young bucks filing a restraining. Yeah, I, I think I disagree with you, and that it'll take a while. I think okay. because they have a TV show, they are going to have to have a concrete. Maybe, maybe not disagree with you on the truth, but a decision will have to be made quickly. That I you know, agree with. You know, that, That's true. So in that sense, I think that it'll have to be quick. I, I get what you're saying in terms of the real truth of what actually happened backstage. Sure. I went to YouTube today to find Being the Elite. I don't watch Being the, Being the Elite often, but mm-hmm. I, when I found that it dropped today, I'm like, oh, is there any clues? <laughs> well, you can't spell bite without BTE. <laughs> well, there is, one, there is one scene, and it was taped before the show was over because you could hear Miro's music playing. Um, and they're eating pizza and Nick Jackson looks into the camera and takes a giant bite out of his plate and goes, ah, so maybe he's foreshadowing. That means that that it was a setup. That means that Ace Steel was in on the conspiracy and Ace Steel wants to get CM Punk fired so that he gets a push instead of CM Punk. Oh my gosh. You figured it out. You know, we were we were teasing. A, I mean, we'll just peek behind the curtain. We were talking about doing a brand split uh, segment sometime soon. We might actually have to do <laughs> it now. Have to because of restraining like, orders. We'll have all elite wrestling and all Larry wrestling, yeah. which is going to be just uh, the Larry the dog. And they only the do shows from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if Jerry Lawler could get a thousand people in Memphis every week for twenty years, Punk could get eight hundred in Chicago every week. You know, like yeah. But yeah, dude, it's it's what, wild. What, what and really I thought is, Tony, I uh, thought Tony could have handled it better. He really could have handled it better. They had a talent meeting. We didn't even bring this up because it happened while we were out. Right. And 
like you couldn't bring this up. You just hired all these people to be like um, administrative people, Sanjay Dutt, QT Marshall, and Chris Daniels, and it's like they they just got on the job as these exe- as these like um, as basically right hand men, and like, can you imagine being in the talent? Imagine Jordan, like you're in a workplace and you're in a staff, and there's a staff meeting, and you're the manager, mm. and you're like, "All right, guys, I know there's some issues between some people, but I think we can all come together." But you don't want to bring up the problems. Then you go to the break room, and then Larry comes out and he goes, "Oh my God, Jordan, you got to see this. Nick and Phil are fighting again." <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes the talent meeting or the staff meeting like feel meaningless. So you know, I, I think that it's good to bring up that talent meeting because it does shed some light on a thought that I have. And uh, I think CM Punk is a bit, <laughs> this is the understatement of the year, is a bit of a coward. Um, mm-hmm. and th- okay, now I'm approaching it from if this is all real, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't the guy say anything about Hangman Page when Hangman Page is in a building that he's in? <laughs> you know? Yeah. He, he buried Hangman Page in the promo in a show that apparently Page wasn't there. And apparently Page has already left the arena by the time of this yeah, yeah, and presser. Punk like, is calling, and why Punk not call is out Page out... in front of all the wrestlers at the at the re- at the talent meeting? Why not yeah. do that then? Right. You know? And so here's the other thing too. Punk calls out Hangman. He doesn't show. Like he doesn't appear. He was there, but he doesn't come out for the to to challenge him. Yeah. Punk in the press conference says that was that that showed how much of a coward he actually that's that's Adam Page taking the high road. Mm-hmm. That's Adam Page saying, you know what, I'm not I'm I'm not below that. I'm gonna have enough respect to know my place and let you vent your frustration because if I come out, it's just gonna make it worse. Like, and then and then he ironically says the guy almost cost a million dollar gate when what happened on Sunday night probably is going to cost a million dollar gate at some point down the road oh here's the thing and i don't listen i don't think we're that much of a carny atmosphere you don't think the ratings are going to go up yeah dude like who's not going to want to watch dynamite the title of our show and happy anniversary is you know what that means this might be the first time we're like I have no idea what any of this means. Right? <laughs> like for the first time ever, and AEW is wild and all over the place and jam packed, and you can immediately forget everything you saw five minutes before because there's so much action. We talk about it all the time. This is the first time where we're going in. And we're like, because also all out's a big um, like banner event, and it kind of wipes the slate clean for some storylines. Right. You kind of right. go in with like a reset, like a season premiere. It almost feels like the series finale. Yeah. Like now you're going in, you're like, I don't even know who's going to be in the building. So, but it also creates that weird tensive excitement. But to wrap it all up, Jordan, like I don't know if that tensive, like borderline toxic atmosphere, Shark Tank atmosphere, is always good. I understand. Like, I see these interviews with like uh, stars of the Attitude Era. I don't, I don't, none of them say how all the boys were like kumbaya and harmonious and everybody was happy. It was shark infested waters. Everybody wanted to be on top. It's a very highly competitive, like, business where, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to look out for yourself. And AEW has so many more people in their, on their roster. And also a lot of guys that really believe that they're the best, that it's, 
it's going to get it's the tension's going to be there there's going to be like we didn't even mention the issues that also that I don't think we're going to have time to talk about like with Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara got in a fight right. Thunder Rosa broke Jamie Hader's nose and Thunder Rosa hit in a bathroom stall it's you know? funny because you can tell on online um the the wrestling fans who haven't been around for a long time because they basically think this is the first time anything like this has ever happened when in reality like, WCW just called. <laughs> and so did the WWF. Like, I mean, Chris Jericho fought Goldberg backstage, and Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, like, the the Plane of Doom had a whole Dark Side of the Ring episode. Like, there's mm-hmm. always toxicity, you know? Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels pulled each other's hair out. Right, like, did, 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 if you think this is the first time this has ever happened in wrestling, go watch 1997 WWF and then read imagine, about it. You know? Can you imagine being John Moxley and the acclaimed and you're sitting in the locker room taking your tape off and they have this, like, metaphorical glass ceiling and all of a sudden Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, Kenny Omega, CM Punk crash through it and land on the floor and you're like, <laughs> what? What the hell is going on? But if you crack the glass ceiling because you're missing these main eventers due to their own misdeeds, guess what? A spot just opened. Well, and so, that's, uh, that's actually yeah. something that I saw on Twitter that I think is really an interesting perspective. And I can't remember. It might have been Trevor Dame. He's the guy who I follow for all this stuff. Great follow on Twitter. Uh, he watches mm-hmm. all these scrums and all this stuff and basically live tweets them so you don't have to watch them yourself. But right. um, it, I'm trying to think of how they worded it. And they said, not that any of this is pleasant to watch, but it's interesting because this is what it's like when top spots are actually up for grabs in a company. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that makes sense. Because in WWE, you, you can't just get that top spot. It's Roman Reigns and it's Brock Lesnar and it's probably Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes for the next X amount of years. And that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, And AEW, biggest... it's right. up for, it's legitimately up for grabs. CM Punk is the champion right now. But if somebody gets hot, they can fight for it. And obviously we don't like to hear stories about guys legitimately fighting and getting fired or quitting or things like that. But there is a a sense of excitement to the cutthroat nature of professional wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's very – listen, there are are great female talents in wrestling now, but it's a very mm machismo-esque business. mm -hmm. Like it's this idea of like I'm king shit. You're and I'm gonna I'm gonna get over on you yep. if if it's the last thing that I do. It's like it like there's a there's there it's almost like the it's like the old metaphor of the cowboys at the OK Corral. Like yeah. you know you know you got to have this standoff and the winner uh, gets the spoils. Like and I think that there is some I think there is some sort of um, like black and white nature to that still in wrestling yeah. you know where you know the the one who survives like i mean listen even the miz who you talked about with that dexter loomis stuff god bless him he survived right you know he just he just kept going and going and going until he was the last one left that's the that's darwinism right. and you know it's survival of the fittest in professional wrestling so like but, i get i get where you're coming from yeah yeah i mean like even like with punk and we can put a bow on the hangman page part like, is his issue really that Hangman Page went into business for himself and made a comment that referenced Colt Cabana? Is that really his issue? Or is his issue that the fans popped pretty big as a babyface for Hangman Page in that moment? Did it kind of freak him out a little bit like, holy crap, this guy's more popular than me? You know? <laughs> did yeah, it, did it, it, it put some fear time, into him? It ain't, and it's not the first time that a character before Hangman did that had taken digs at Punk. Oh, like, yeah. Like, MJF did it. Eddie Kingston did mm-hmm. it. 
You know, there are people that took their swings at him. He thought that was – he felt – now, I'm just talking about CM Punk's mindset. He felt it was below the belt right. and that there had been building tension and that the talent meeting didn't solve it clearly. And now you're in a situation where – and uh, this is the this is where I get, like, funny with the words because I, I, like, I like kind of obsessing with different words. So, mm-hmm. like, I thought of eclectic. Like, that's how mm-hmm. AEW is. It's just, like, a different – it's like a variety and a diversity of different things. It's also a dyna- – just like dynamite. It's a dynamic atmosphere. Yeah. You know, things could change, like, pretty much on a dime depending on what's going on. But then you can get to that situation where it becomes um, combustible, you know, where well, I things think, can get really, yeah. really bad. That's what it felt like in AEW for the last few weeks. Well, and I think what that is is that's when the wrong type of person gets put into that mix. And, like, I'm not here to trash a character of CM Punk or Phil Brooks or whoever. I don't know the guy personally. But what we can derive is that he's a guy that doesn't let things go. And here's why, you he know, you talk about, yeah, you talk about that talent meeting that was a couple weeks ago. The Hangman Page promo was months ago, months ago, when he May. was still when he was still the world champion. And then Punk won the title, got hurt, wasn't on TV, comes back, and he brings it back up. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, and not only that, remember in that promo that he had, um, uh, the House of the Dragon show, uh, he like. He like slams Eddie Kingston. Yeah. He slams um a couple of other like because he did this name game where he's like he's not even the best John I've ever read. Yeah, like, he's he's not even the Mox. best Kingston I've been in a locker room. I mean, with. he's really digging in. And I got to give credit to Mox because like Mox sort of got in on him too with the the promo in Chicago where I think he was just playing it up as the heel of the town yeah. and and he was the champion. And but I will say this too, I think John and and CM Punk have a good collaborative relationship and friendship, and that's what made that main event work. We talk about this. We, we mentioned this with... Can Cody I interrupt Rose you for a second? Started. Can I interrupt yeah. you? Yes. Honestly, like you mentioned machismo there. <laughs> and let's be real. Uh, I, it doesn't affect my viewing, doesn't affect my fandom if a guy is like not fit or like super muscular or anything like that. Do you think maybe there's some uh, mutual respect with Punk and Moxley because Moxley looks like he could legitimately strangle you to death, whereas Nick Jackson <laughs> looks like he might deliver your pizza? Like, do you think that plays a part, honestly? Like, do you think Punk respects him because he's kind of like, well, if I don't respect him, he'll kill well, him? Well, also, you know? he, um, he also served his sentence yeah. in, in World Wrestling Entertainment. Right, yeah. And I feel, like that, I feel like that, oh, because, like, remember, when he was doing that car ride, he has that, that, that meme picture of him, Danielson, yeah. Christian, and... um. I think somehow Britt Baker got yeah, in there. Yeah, the enemy of but, my enemy is my friend, and they both like, hate. They, they both they, hate WWE. They, know, they all know each other. Yeah. Um, CM Punk didn't know the Bucks. Yeah. You know, he didn't even really know. I mean, he knew Cody, but not that great. You know, but like for Cody Rhodes when he departed, like we talked about this as like um as something that had to be a warning, along with the lack of structure within the company, which I think has been exposed somewhat. But the other one is that. You can do great things and not get along. The one problem I have is that you cannot do high-level work and absolutely despise each other. It's just not – and that's the last word I thought about when I – when and this is, I think, the part, Jordan, where we're at with this if, to wrap it all up. It's untenable. Now we're in a situation where the two groups or the two sides just cannot coexist. It's not possible. Yeah. And, and, and the, I mean, just from an outsider's perspective, it feels like one side of that group is really the catalyst as to why they can't coexist. And to me, that's punk. I feel like punk is the one that is not willing to 
hash things out, meet, is not willing to meet in the middle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and I've seen people who are kind of taking punk side, like, "Oh, Hangman shouldn't have said that" and stuff like that. It was if such you're an swings. It was such an inside swings. baseball reference, though. That like, did anyone really pick up on it until it was revealed? That's what he meant. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't. Yeah, know. like the sun, like the sunny days thing with Bret Hart. Yeah, like, like it's, it's, you know, such a little thing to essentially ruin your return to wrestling over like because honestly i feel like the the reports again we're taping on a tuesday the reports that i saw today was that like before dynamite punk might be fired (laughs) like oh yeah i mean mean, there's there's potential charges yeah i mean i mean ace still might go to jail (laughs) have you ever seen seen anchorman andrew andrew have you ever seen anchorman Yes. <laughs> it's like the fight scene. Ace Steel stabbed a man with trident. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling fights, just in general, they're like high-speed chases. Yeah. Or like when a sports team like chokes a big lead. It's brutal to hear about, but you can't stop thinking about yeah. it when it happens. The best one, too, is like um, I always remembered uh, Steve Austin when Vader passed away. Steve Austin said, man, Vader was such a cool dude. He always told me a cooler head prevails. Vader was also beat the shit out of Paul Orndorff and almost beat the shit out of an Arabic TV interview. Right. Right. <laughs> everyone in wrestling with that machismo factor, everyone gets pissed off. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets the testosterone and the adrenaline going, and it can get ugly really fast. Well, and there's Kenny, and, yeah. Kenny and them probably got pissed. And there's something to that. You know, when you are a professional to that level, you are obsessive over yourself and over your craft and over and your you feel image. disrespected. You know, something, yes. something Punk said in the scrum is, I'm running a business here. Which obviously it's Tony's business. He, but said, the, he said that to he said that to John Moxley. He said, You could be the heart and the soul. I could be I'll be the dollars and the right. cents. But but really, I mean the business for him is CM Punk is his business. You know, he's running his business, his business is his name, his in his livelihood. So anyways, uh we're back next week. You know, we're usually in every other week's show. Um so we're we'll, next week we'll probably have more information to really chew yeah on. as 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 the punk turns we'll um we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll see where everything's going. but here here's the one here's one generality about it all and I promise it'll have to do with all out <laughs> which we will talk about yeah yeah um is that eventually Jordan we talked about it, like people when all out twenty twenty one happened. It was this idea of like, oh, wrestling utopia. Everything is perfect. Even Tony Khan leading into this year's All Out was promoting it of like, my roster's full. Everyone's healthy. I've got the roster I wanted. Yeah. You know, all those rampage ratings being down. It was because I had is because we had injuries. Now we're uh, now we're back. We're all together again. Here's the here's the problem, Jordan. We're not in a utopia. We're in a normal people business, and wrestlers do not they do not sustain. I know the characters can sustain in the hearts and minds of fans, but the bodies don't. And there will be a point where either we're Kenny Omega, CM Punk, maybe earlier than we expected now, Chris Jericho, where they just say, I'm done. You know, and, and, and you know, we, we got to a point where, you know, in 2012, John Cena was the top guy, and CM Punk was the one on the come up who really felt like he was being short stripted and he wasn't getting his turn. And he turned it. He turned himself to a superstar by, you know, uh, doing great promos and kind of finding this like uh, being this harbinger of change. Whether it was legitimate or not is is up for debate. By 2022, now in AEW, CM Punk's the guy, 
And it showed in All Out. You got all these great wrestlers. You got all this really awesome mid-card and undercard. But the guys on top were CM Punk and John Moxley. Maybe maybe if AEW survives through five to ten years, maybe it'll be Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Maybe it'll be MJF. Maybe it'll be um, Keith Lee or Swerve Strickland who are on top. You know, we're just... It, what I'm oh, long story short, CM Punk going away is not like oh this is the end of AEW. Like oh, no. no, anyone who thinks that is <laughs> d- does not see forest for the trees. Like I I would be more concerned about AEW's future if if it was the Bucks and Kenny that went away. To be yeah, honest, in the short term, Punk's exit would be devastating. It'd be, it'd be a huge blow. You know, yes. uh, casual fans would probably tune out. People who don't know the story would probably side with Punk. Yeah, you lose your money they, feud of Punk and MJF. It, that was just my very long way of of saying, Punk and Moxley deserve that spot in the in the main event. Yeah, which I mean, let, let's segue right to that to the show itself because, you know, all week long you and I have been talking about how this is going to be an all out review. And we haven't yeah. even mentioned it. Now yeah, they, of, they took it. They took it literally. They really They're all out of all action. Out. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> eleven match show, four match pre show, whole lot to discuss. Uh, I mean, we could breeze through the pre-show because it was a lot of nothing. I mean, Hook beat... It's uh, called Zero Hour this time. Yeah, yeah. Hook reason. won a match. I got that. Um, I thought it was weird that Orange Cassidy did not have a match on the show, by the way. Um, fe- felt like old school WWF booking where let's get everybody under the WrestleMania card. And yet yeah. Orange Cassidy's just nowhere to be found. I thought that was a notable omission. Yeah, he was part of the trios thing. Um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, I, I guess maybe they think since he wrestled on Rampage, he's part of All Out Weekend. But mm. yeah, I know he wasn't part of All Out because well, he wasn't part of the All Out show. He was in Chicago for the Dynamite before. We cannot forget to talk about Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. Oh, Their trios matches in the quarters against um, Death Triangle mm-hmm. and the semis against Kenny and the Bucks are fucking wonderful. Yeah. Like. There are some of the, I mean, if they had a best well, let's of just focus on that now. Let's talk about the trios tournament. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, like you're saying, I mean, go ahead and give us a review of uh, the, the semifinal match with the elite versus the Aussie open. I mean, where does that rank in your match of the year scale? Like, I'll say this. It wasn't even the best trios match I saw. I thought the one with the death triangle was better. Mm, okay. Okay. That match was unbelievable. It was just like, just one amazing thing after another. Osprey pulls out a couple more things in the Kenny, in the Kenny Bucks one, uh, and Kenny and the Kenny Will Osprey showdown stuff was great too. We saw that also in the uh, in the finals with Kenny and Hangman and the yeah. and the crowd pop for that too. But God, those trios matches like it just goes to show like the tag division, it's the greatest. Yeah. It like I think we were onto something. I think it is the greatest tag division in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah. Because because you could have a healthy tag and trios division simultaneously, you know, yeah. like, but yeah, I mean, Will Ospreay, like, I came out of the, the semifinal match where he lost saying Tony Khan needs to take him away from New Japan. Like, I, as mm-hmm. from what I understand, and again, I'm, I don't know how correct this is. I believe New Japan is usually one year deals and their deals are always up in January at Wrestle Kingdom, like. That's how the right. deals work. Because that's like when Nakamura and Styles and those guys left, it was always right after Wrestle Kingdom. So January, Tony Khan, you start calling him now and don't stop calling him until January and you get him away from New Japan. Like I And the, he's over. Like yeah. the crowd loved him. You bring also, him in. I got I also gotta give credit to Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. They oh, were yeah. great too. Yeah, they did you good. Know? Um, but yeah, what a star, like just star performance. Like my son is, uh, I like, I think my son's a good barometer of a 
pretty casual fan. Like he watches the shows with me, but he doesn't read the internet reports or things like that. And, you know, he doesn't listen mm-hmm. to podcasts. He doesn't listen to this show. Isaac, I love you very much, even though you don't listen to my show. Uh, <laughs> and Don't worry. My daughter doesn't listen to it either. And his thing is like, <laughs> dude, Will Ospreay is freaking awesome. He loves Will Ospreay. You know, what was so, the name of that move that he did on the outside? It was like it was almost like kind of it was just this crazy twisty thing. Yeah, Sky Twister Press, I think. Oh my God, it looked it looked yeah. amazing. He also did one where Ray Phoenix walks the he does the little rope bounce. Her Karana from the top rope lands on his feet. Yeah, it's like holy shit. He, he's this just dude one is of, unreal. He's just one of those guys that does moves that a lot of other guys do, but just the way he does it looks like he's not even trying. It's and also, the speed doesn't matter. No. But it could go no. super fast like with that triangle. It could slow down like when he's wrestling against Kenny. It doesn't matter. Like, the the execution is the same. Yeah, and even we can go to Forbidden Door. Like, with Cassidy, it's the same thing in a singles match, too. This is not just a trip, like a trio sprint where he has time to roll out and catch his breath, you know, and just go back. Like, he yeah. could wrestle from the moment the bell rings till the pin. The guy can go, 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 go. Right. So, so Kenny and the Buck, Kenny Omega returns with a shirt with a shirt for some reason for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. As, but, as, as the tournament progressed, he was shedding layers of skin, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but he. But I thought that I thought that um, that Osprey Aussie Open win was sort of his return to form. Yeah. Like I could see Kenny is like, okay, he's picking it up again. He just needed to get a blow in that first one when I think they re- wrestled Andrade Roosh. Um, mm-hmm. But. They they go to the they go on to the finals. Hangman Page, as we thought, filled in for an injured Preston Vance mm-hmm. and uh, teamed up with John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Hey and man, let me the- tell you, I believed a couple times. I really thought, ooh, they're gonna have the Dark Order win. There was a couple moments. Yes, uh, the big one for me where I really bit was Kenny had uh, John Silver up for the one one winged angel and Silver rolled through into and a he victory got him roll. in an inside cradle. Yes, yes, because that's how they won both their tournament matches, but basically just roll ups. Roll ups. I'm like, holy right. crap, they're gonna win! And like, there was a couple times where I really bit. Like, did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy that match? The I final? thought it was, I thought it was really really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that those um, not my match of the show, but it's very very good. I know those quarters and semis with Will Ospreay and Aussie Open might have overshadowed them, but I, mm-hmm. it was really, really good, you know? Yeah, and I think the story for, for the finals just upped it a little bit. Like, if you do star ratings, like, the fact that there's a story there maybe bumps it up a half star, too, you know? Yeah. Um, really good, and I think uh, it, it made Dark Order look, come out of it looking pretty good. Uh, and of course John finish, Silver looked great. Yeah, the finish was Hangman missed the buckshot and accidentally buckshot Silver, right? Uh, yeah, Silver got pinned. Also, he argued with John Silver a little bit because mm-hmm. Silver was not kind of going into business with himself early on in the match. Yeah, doing and Johnny remember, Hendy, there's yeah. this there's this narrative that's always played out that Alex Reynolds and Hangman are tight. Yeah, like extra tight. So just keep an eye on that. Yeah, you know, we'll see. So yeah, I mean that's uh, one of our matches from All Out. There was. Like we said, fifteen. We let's let's do the the zero hour. There was a hook one that we don't need to discuss that. No, it was, it was action. Bronson Whatever. was there, uh, who apparently is a homeless man. Uh, Ruby Soho and Ortiz lost in a yeah. rubber match, and Ty Mello and Sammy Guevara, and Ruby Soho broke her nose. Yeah, poor Ruby Soho's nose is going to look even worse now. Says <laughs> 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 that too much. <laughs> no. I, I don't know. Nah. <laughs> that, that was the epitome of uh, this match should not be here. Like it's the third. It's literally the third time this match has happened in like two weeks. So they build it as a rubber match. But 
eh, I don't know. Um, I will say Ortiz is really a guy that's really good who just kind of suffers from wrong place, wrong time. Like he's never had the right moment. He's like, trying to find his way as a singles act, yeah. but he seems to be getting somewhere. He's got some really nice moves. Yeah, like he does. That little old school stuff. And I like his character. He's almost like a bruiser Brody type. Like he doesn't really say anything. He, his promos are usually just one or two words repeating and shouting them louder and louder as he escalates. <laughs> uh, like honestly, like it's like blood, 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 like or something like that, you know. Yeah, there was one weird one. They they had wrestled three times. Yeah, uh, and they and they had one. I don't know if you caught this. They were doing the Santa Guevara did the cutter on him to finish it, but I thought maybe they redid it in post because Ortiz is in bleeding, and then on the next on the next shot when Guevara does the cutter, <laughs> he's bleeding profusely on his face. So yeah. I, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, but, um, neither do I. I know what you're talking about though, because like that's not really a spot where you would blade. Yeah, uh, from a cutter, <laughs> but a lot but, of accidental. A lot of accidental bleeding throughout a lot By of By the way, I, mean, I don't think John Moxley bled in the main event. That should be the top story tonight. No, but 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 he drank enough of it so say, that he, did... he drank a cool sixteen ounces of CM Punk's blood. You know, that's the funniest thing. If you're John Moxley during all of that drama going on, he's like, Come on guys, why don't we just drink blood, uh <laughs> dive into barbed wire and break bones like we always do? Come on, let's love each other right. again. <laughs> uh what else was on the pre show? Uh Pac beat Kip Sabian. I didn't think Kip Sabian looked that impressive, to be honest. Guy who's he been going that long, yeah, it was. Yeah. I, Kip Sabian doesn't do a whole lot for me. Um, I will say that his graphic, his moving graphic, is really cool with the box. You know, <laughs> when they show like the matchup and it's the box, that that's cool. But he's all flash, no all all sizzle, no steak for for me. Um, it's almost like he didn't change any of his move sets yes. except for his look. Yes, yeah, like and he's that's still not just how Kip you Sabian. do it. And yeah. uh, I mean, if you can make me. Make a Pac match mediocre. It's not because yeah. Pac. Now Eddie Kingston and Ishii was good. Yep, I thought that was a nice little stiff, like one Northern yep. Lights bomb to finish. Loved it. Crowd Kingston really had been suspended, it. so he hadn't wrestled in a while. You could tell he hadn't been in the tanning salon because he was white. Yeah, and his hair is growing out too. Yeah, it was just maybe. Hey, listen, I don't want to make fun too much with Kingston. He has had issues with mental health, mm-hmm. so like this is this is a guy that he's just he's almost like Punk. He's a different cat. Yep. So yeah, he has different sensibilities. But he's so smart when it comes to like being a performative wrestler. He just yeah. know he's he, he's so a guy intel- who, when his wrestling days are done, he's going to be so invaluable backstage to some companies. You know, yeah, like it's like Jerry Lynn is now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or Dean Malenko. Yeah, but the match right. itself was actually pretty good. I was not that hyped about it because I've seen great Ishii matches, but Ishii in AEW has not been great. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was not. I was not hyped for it, but then and that's start... the second year in a row Ishii was on All Out because he lost to John Moxley last year. Yeah, and I didn't. Oh, I thought that was Kojima. Kojima, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I'm yeah, so sorry. Yeah. You're right about that. But Ishii but he was there right around that time. And, best friends. Yeah, he yeah. was there, and it was it was unimpressive. Um, but then they start chopping the hell out of each other, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is good. <laughs> yeah, some like. Fighting spirit stuff. Yeah. Really, I mean, just really, really just fun little 13-minute match to finish off the pre-show. Yeah, I think you've then they get into the All Out. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All Out. Uh, we had our opener, which I know you were very down on, with was the Casino Ladder Royal. Casino. I, I hated it. Bat- the ladder match. Yeah, ladder match. I said Ladder Royal. That would be a wild thing. <laughs> let's, let's not give, let's not give Darby Allen any thoughts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, on paper, this should have been a banger. Like... Is Andrade, Roosh, 
uh, Dante Martin, uh, the Lucha Bros, um, Claudio, yeah, Claudio and Wheeler Don- Yuta and the, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like this should have been maybe the craziest spot fit spot fest of the year. So and- it goes 14 minutes. There's uh, there's a really convoluted spot where I think Claudio is trying to do a test of strength thing with the ladder, but the ladder was wedged with another one, and because he couldn't jar it loose, he yeah. couldn't move it, and it was just like he was trying his hardest to like do some spot, and it was not going anywhere. Dante did some really terrific stuff. <laughs> I think Ray Phoenix did a frog splash from the top of the ring post of the to a table on the floor to on dry. Like the, or, or Roosh, there was yeah. I mean, there's there some was wild some spots stuff. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I the, think the I almost overhyped my... Yuta, the yeah. Andrade sunset oh. flip power bomb on Yuta looked brutal. Yeah, that looked really bad. I think yeah. I just almost overhyped it myself because when you look on paper, who's in this? Like I expected the most insane thing that I've ever seen, and it was just regular insane. <laughs> You know what and I mean? then and then comes in the inter- interference and the other shooter drop and that's Stokely Hathaway in disguise with all of his newly signed crew and his dreaded business card taking right. the poker chip off and then the Joker's music plays and the song that plays is "Sympathy for the Devil" by the yep. Rolling Stones. Yep. Uh, could you tell who it was by the mannerisms at all? Yes, because he wiped his feet on the apron. He wiped his feet, and you could see the red soles on the bottom of his shoes, which are and like the a and he thing. did the spin, and he did the little spin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there was one thing he did as a red herring. He did the little twirling of his hands with the black gloves to make people think it was Bray Wyatt. Oh, okay. Well, he would have had to put Some, a couple pillows under his shirt. For my really my wrestling soulmate Ryan was watching it with me. By the way, we also had somebody slide into the uh, the you know what that means DMs. Jambalaya Jake Williams of the North South Connection oh. came to the house to watch the show. Nice, cool. From awesome. the ruthlessly aggressive podcast and Highway to the Impact Zone. Mm-hmm. So yep. crossover. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> synergy. <laughs> but um. Did Ryan you bite him at all? <laughs> no no but i was tempted uh, but, <laughs> no J- uh, J- uh, jacob williams awesome dude awesome cool. dude cool. um but ryan told me i think he did that because he was he was teasing like he was gonna take the mask off that, yeah he but, did he did put his head down and then he wagged his fingers like nah mm-hmm. um but yeah i it really looked like mjf <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it really did. Like, he, I don't know if he was exaggerated to be obvious or, or what, but it really looked like MJF, which we'll talk about later. But, yeah, um, I've seen a lot of people down on this finish. Were you down on how that match ended, too? Uh, the the ladder match? Yeah, like, do you think that I finish hated was horrible? It. Yeah, okay. It should have been in the middle, not the start. They should have opened it with the trio. So, so what I'm asking, though, is the finish itself, like, of the match, how do you think... Do you think that hurt the match or? Oh, uh, yeah, I still didn't like it. Okay. Like, I thought it hurt the match. Like, if you're going to do something like that, like, we're going to talk about another match that went super short for a different reason. But, like, that was to move along the story. This sure. was the same thing. Sure. But, but the, 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 but the, I felt like the way they executed it, they just, it just was too clunky. Yeah. Like, it felt like it was just together at the last minute. And, I mean, we're not, we're not here to, like, do spoiler alerts or anything obviously everyone at this point knows that that devil ended up being mjf by the end of the night what? so <laughs> so the new group moving forward appears to be mjf stokely hathaway uh ethan the gun Page, club the gun club and w morrissey uh if his old group was called the pinnacle let's do a side by side 
Uh, Andrew, I'll give you a side-by-side. You tell me, upgrade or downgrade? Uh, Sean Spears to Ethan Page. Upgrade? Uh, Ethan, yeah, upgrade. Okay. Uh, Tully Blanchard to Stokely Hathaway. Upgrade? Upgrade. Uh, FTR to the Gun Club. Upgrade? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Wardlow to W. Morrissey. Downgrade? No, we already saw that. Wardlow beat him. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I will say this. I will say this, because we saw him at Impact. Uh, back in February, W. Morrissey looks incredible. Yeah, and he redebuted on Dynamite, the Dynamite before the show. Beat the shit out of the workhorseman. A pretty Peter Avalon sighting on Dynamite. Yeah. I thought I was having like a fever dream. Yeah, some J.D. Drake work getting in there. But um, yeah, so I don't know what to make of this group yet. And of course, by the time this show drops, we'll have had a Dynamite where hopefully this is explained a little bit. My gut is I think MJF with a group works. I don't know that I want Ethan Page in there because I want Ethan Page to get some spotlight. And if he's just a second in command, then that's exactly where he was with the America's top team. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not going to hate the fact that Sean Spears is never to be seen again, hopefully. But well, suppose <laughs> I believe his wife is giving birth. OK, so, so that's yeah. why his that's, wife is one of the iconics, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. OK. Formerly so. Peyton Royce. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it seems like MJF's back with a new heel stable, and he's definitely positioned as a heel. So I think prior to the scrum, I think the story we were going to get is heel MJF versus babyface CM Punk. And let me tell you a hot take. I don't think the crowds would respond how Tony Khan would want them to. <laughs> like, well, <I> don't... <laughs> can I can I give you one lyric from lyric part from the, sure. uh, from that song, the Rolling Stones song? So sure. I looked it up. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man's soul and faith. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name, but what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Mm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it writes itself, doesn't it? Yeah, here's the thing. MJF, man, this is a guy who pays attention to every single detail in what he does. Like, every everything that he does has a reason behind it like he's he's amazingly he's such a pro dude mm-hmm. and that's why i really think the whole mess of all this crap that's going on it's overshadowed this guy coming back and becoming like the megastar we all wanted him to be and it kind of mm-hmm. sucks you know but yes. i think he's a big enough talent well that he's, he's gonna got make a promo it work. coming up yeah and let me tell you He's swinging for the fences. Yeah, he might. He, they might just turn him full babyface and have him shoot on Punk. Who knows? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, it's going to be intriguing where they're going. But clearly, and MJF's going to the top program. Yeah. Whether Punk's there or not, who knows? But the Joker is there. I did like Justin Roberts when he announced the winner because he was he was the clearly like he, Joker. The, the winner is joker <laughs> yeah. props to justin roberts on his intros for kenny omega too by the way yeah those uh, are some good ones yeah. i wonder who writes them do you think tony writes them i would guess that kenny does himself i would think it's kenny like he's um he he said he's kevin nash he claims he's kevin nash's biggest uh favorite wrestler do you think kevin nash is kenny omega's favorite wrestler <laughs> no so the reason why he he made that is because kevin nash tweeted about will osprey and got that jab in at him Somebody said about Will Ospreay's matches, and Kevin Nash replied to tweets at Houses Merch Sales. So, 
<laughs> so Kenny Omega says that is now billed as Kevin Nash's favorite wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is quite the that's quite the nice needling. But yeah. um, yeah. we already talked about the trios one. It was just fantastic. Yeah, great I match. wish it opened the show. Great match. Um, yeah, that should have been the opener. Um, we got two women's matches to talk about. Uh, Jade and Athena. This thing's finally done. At least I mean that's the best thing I could say about Wait, it. Wait, Jade. That was Jade Cargill? I thought it was She-Hulk. Yeah, J- Jade Cargill, attorney at law. <laughs> <laughs> was she popping with Lizzo, too? <laughs> yeah, no, Lizzo was mentioned on the night, though, in the, uh, in the Acclaims rap, so. <laughs> but um, I thought it was it was only four and a half minutes. I thought it was quick. I thought yeah. they got their greatest hits from their tag stuff. Yep. I thought it was cool. I also really liked their promo on the rampage before with Mark Henry. Like mm-hmm. Athena, like lit her up. I, and I, yeah. Jade I didn't agree. back down. It was really good. Um, the match was short. You know, Jade is still green. No pun intended. So she's trying <laughs> to get there. She's trying to get there, and Athena got her finish, and very early. But I think the baddies pulled her out. And dude, Athena gave I think Layla Gray a missile drop kick. Yes. where she looked like she died. Yeah, she needs to go to a chiropractor immediately. <laughs> right, and but it was just it was fine, entertaining, fair. You know, I think this is going to speak to a bigger point about all out that I I guess I could just throw in there now. Mm-hmm. That I felt like they I felt like Tony tried to harken back to what made all out great, which is less is more, and it felt like that was the that was how the show felt in general. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. We've seen some. We talked about like we talked about double or nothing. It felt way too long because they were trying to like stretch it out because they didn't want to. They didn't want the playoff game to overshadow them. Um, but then and and it but it felt too long. They had great matches, but they were spread too far apart. And then you had Forbidden Door, where they had a lot of longer matches throughout the show, but nothing felt memorable, even mm-hmm. though it was a it, it was a big event with a big crowd this one felt like it had great moments like it felt more like it was more like the word i kept typing jordan when i was doing the recap was fun i kept writing this was fun yeah. this was it, fun it had a lot like, of the stuff show that, felt fun that we'll remember going into yeah. next all out and that know? was my problem with AEW and their build-up and i don't know if it was a reason i don't know if it was because of punk stuff i don't know if it was because of this whole like we're going to the big event and i hate you and i want to kill you but it lacked humor and lightheartedness. Like, there was just this, like, lacking of, like, amusement when I was watching AEW for, like, the weeks going into All Out. All Out felt entertaining. Wait, you don't think it it's really... funny when CM Punk said when he was born and his umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck? You don't think that was a little knee slapper there? <laughs> Jeez, what a promo. They've been trying to kill me since the day I came when, out. Uh, when, uh, when the Young Bucks uh, tried to break the door down, do you think they slapped their hips? <laughs> 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 We're off <off-fields. laughs> Okay, I heard, yeah, I heard a... Matt Jackson go, see ya, and then threw a kick right at Ace Steel. So what's, what was the second women's match? <laughs> uh, yeah, the other women's match was for the other another interim title. Uh, Tony Storm beat uh, your girl, Jamie Hayter, and Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida, who did not need to be in there. I guess they just did it so there'd be two baby faces. Hey, she bought Kendo sticks. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, this was fine. Uh, pretty much exactly what we expected. A Tony Storm win. I wish Jamie they would have... Hayter got nice heat. Like, yeah. she got the crowd behind her and all Brit of a sudden. And Britt really kind of cost her the match, too. Correct. Um, so Pulled I think... her out and then tried to put her. Yeah. I I think talking about both these two together 
leads to an interesting discussion because I think with Jade, we're at the point where they have to have someone beat Jade soon. And Jamie Hayter, I think, is a great choice. Uh, because she's strong and she's big and that's what Jade's thing is so like this, Jade can't overpower so, her you know so we didn't talk about it because it didn't happen yet but Thunder Rosa is going out with a back injury but so she stepped aside but she's able to she, just like CM Punk when he broke his foot you can be the AEW world champion so we'll have an interim women's champion yeah. and that's where I'll, listen when you did it with the interim championship with John Moxley and you know what let's see what Tony Storm can do with this one Sure. When John Moxley did it, John made it his, and yeah. John made sure you knew you this is not interim to me. Yeah, like this is real to me, damn it. And like for for Tony Storm, like maybe she can do the same. Like I felt like this was more of a reward to Tony in general because I felt like she really worked hard. Yeah, like, I think it's a blessing she in disguise to, 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 to get yeah. the belt off Thunder Rosa. Right, because... right, right, right. Like, Rosa was... The fans still seemed to like her, but... She was uh, losing steam. Yeah, losing steam. I, I, I don't want to say I can't stand her, but she does nothing for me. Like, I'm not interested in any of her stuff. So, if she's gone for a little bit, that might be exactly what she needs. There are think, these reports that she's overbearing, but then again, it's women. Yeah. And they've got... <laughs> it's, women <wrestlers laughs> it's women wrestlers being overbearing. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> they've got plenty of female heels that they could feed to... Tony Storm in the meantime, they could have a Ty Conti or Ty Mello thing right off the bat, like where Sammy tries to help her win the belt, um, and that will get the mm-hmm. fans solely behind Tony. They could do a Britt Baker thing if they want. Even Serena Deeb's out there, Mercedes Martinez. Is that her name, right? Mer- yeah, now she, I think she's the Ring of Honor on a champion. conference call that she's yeah. out with an injury at the moment. Okay, but they've actually but, got quite a few heels sitting around. Uh, even mm-hmm. Nyla Rose you could bring back, you know. Um, right. So, you know, there's plenty of ways you can go. I think that they definitely need direction, though. Cause that, the only it, nitpick of that match, unless I'm misremembering, I did not see a hip attack. I don't think so either. Yeah. That would have, I mean, that is her most popular move. Yep. That's like not doing, that's like having an acclaim match and not doing the scissors. Right. And it's your best, <laughs> like, it, it looks good, too, you know. Uh, even more so, I, her finish is pretty good, that little crunch pile driver, but uh, the yeah. hip attack is, you know, again, like you said, it's a fine match. Um, less is more. It, didn't overstate's welcome. Uh, it's something I probably won't remember a month from now. Right, um, me too. But, you know, uh, I think moving forward, they need to wipe the slate clean on the women's division and really pencil out where they want to go. Spe- specifically speaking of 15-minute uh, matches we'll never remember, what about Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal <laughs> and the Motor City Machine Guns? Yeah, which, which is a shame because I love the Motor City it Machine It should have been great, and, they, and it was just They had there. some nice back and forth with FTR, but it was a six-man tag. Yeah, you know? it, was just, it was just nothing. Like yeah, that that should have been the zero hour. Like that's yeah. how you close out the zero hour, you know? Yeah, because the post you know how, stuff was really cool with Dax's daughter. Very cool. Um, you know how forgotten and, that one is. Samoa Joe was in it. Yeah, gosh, <laughs> dude. Uh, by the way, let's talk about Samoa Joe. I don't want to fat shame anybody, but um, someone was asking where Adam Cole's been. I think Samoa Joe ate him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he is he's always been a big guy but his face looks so bloated like i don't know do you think do you think dax's eight-year-old daughter has a shot at winning the roh tv championship not if negative won- one has anything to say about <laughs> i'll say this and this was also super random in the post-match how did samoa joe cut his head dude i don't 
I don't know. It probably just popped open because it's <laughs> bursting at the seams. Did John Moxley like uh, rib him and like cut him open before he walked out? <laughs> yeah, I, the Joe return did not do much for me. Like for one thing, it just means Joe and Jay Lethal are still fighting. Like, good lord, why? You yeah. know, <laughs> there was this one good um, blow off, and I guess you could call it in that match where Jay Lethal thought thinks that he's got Warlow like um, weakened, and then Warlow just beat the piss out of him and gives yeah. him four power bombs. So, so, so you know what I yep. honestly think here? I think this is an audible, and they must have like practiced it somewhere. I think originally, because it was originally Jay and Sanjay and Satnam, I think they wanted the spectacle of Wardlow powerbombing Satnam Singh, and they probably realized he can't get him up. <laughs> honestly, like because why Maybe why so. switch it to the machine guns? That seems so random and odd. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I thought they were done with Impact Wrestling. I know Don Callis is back in kayfabe because of Kenny Omega, but Don Callis is no longer associated with Impact Wrestling. That's well known. So that's not a that's not a kinship. So like all of a sudden they just call Chris Saban and Alex Hill, and I thought they looked good. Yeah. Like, it, but but again, like it's like pretty much all of. I mean, I don't want to besmirch Impact Wrestling, but it's like almost everything on there. Like, I literally forget everything I watched the yep. morning after. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. You no, know. No, it's. It's kind of like uh, they're in this black hole that they're never going to get out of. And FTR got a very big pop on their entrance. Yep. Like they always do. And Dax's daughter, great crowd, loved it. You know, really cool stuff. So, uh, but yeah, that's a thing that we'll forget about. Forget a month, like by next week when we do our next show, we won't remember. Yeah, the belt belt collectors have to move on with another tag team eventually. I will say this, though. uh, Going back to the original topic. With CM Punk and all the stuff, people are talking about if it's a shoot or if it's a work, then what what are they going to do? Punk and against the Bucks? I'm like, Punk is literally aligned with FTR on TV. So if it is a work, FTR and the Young Bucks have the most history of any tag teams there are, you know? So, <laughs> but anyways. Like, uh, it, it's like, yeah, because they're the sons of Brett. Right. I think. And that all fits yeah. like a glove, but... Uh, Sons of Brett versus the guys that like Sean, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> Sons of Sean. Yeah, <laughs> Sean's, probably got, Sean's probably got a lot of a lot of sons out there, you know. <laughs> did you um, see that little? Did you see that random quote that came out where Shawn Michaels claimed that Brett's much better than him? No, it was it was in one of those A and E things. And uh, huh? Yeah, he said he <laughs> was a better. He, Sean basically like took the high road and said Brett was a better wrestler than him. Wow! Did you hear that Bret Hart quote this week? No, what was that one? Uh, hang on, let me bring it up real quick. Oh, Bill Goldberg sucks. <laughs> Bill Goldberg sucks. He retired me. Sucks. Really bad. <laughs> it reminded me of when Hogan said, like, I mean, Hogan's an habitual liar, but, like, he's he also said, like, you know, Flair was, like, 20 times better than me. Yeah. I wish you'd have said that in 1991. Right. <laughs> hey, while we're kind of going down this this rabbit hole, um, have you seen the, the – they released the prototype image for the Owen Hart figure, the, action, the toy? No. no, I haven't it's, seen it. You should look it up when we get off the air. It looks more like Owen Wilson than Owen Hart. <laughs> it's It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the king of hearts. Wow. <laughs> I'm the king. Enough is enough. Wow. <laughs> Time for a change. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Should have Owen Hart versus Ric Flair. <laughs> wow. Woo. Wow. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> we got Jay Lethal. We can pull it off. Right. <laughs> Uh, what a, what a, uh, what about Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs? That was a very surprising match. Clearly, 
clearly this was like another less is more thing. We're just we're just pushing story along. Yeah. If that means a badge of sacrifice for the sake of a shorter card, so what? And they just decided, okay, Hobbs is going over. He's going to look strong. Ricky will get some. He shot. looked real strong. <laughs> it was <laughs> he, I mean, close to squash, man. Flash power, just like a flash spine buster, and it's over. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have to think they're not done there. Um, but, man, not what I expected. I really thought Ricky Starks would pull that. That was probably yep, the biggest surprise. But was it unexpected in a bad way? Like, did you feel like, oh, man, this is all they're going to do with this? Or did you feel like, okay, this the story's not told yet? I think it's not told. Yeah. Um, okay. And I, th- I was listening to the recap of Clash at the Castle uh, on, I think it was post-wrestling. And basically the story of Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins matches that Riddle costs himself by getting, like, too emotional like he, like, he set himself up to for a mistake, right? And yes. I think that's kind of the same thing here. Like, Ricky starts getting fired up, and he got too fired up and walked right into Spinebuster. Like, he mo- fought more, well, more it's heart ha- than... Well, hard, it's hard to not be mad at someone who calls you a bitch who right. doesn't have a family anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Dude, listen, again, we are an AEW show, but let me talk about that booking for a second. <laughs> I know people are big on the Triple H era, but if you want to know why I'm not going back to WWE, I love Matt Riddle, and he's in a feud where he's been pummeled at every turn, he's been <laughs> exposed as his family hates him, and then he lost clean. <laughs> I'll tell you another one. So, Drew McIntyre. That, it's a great match. The main event was a great You're match. You're about this. But, God, the ending. So, they the, the Usos couldn't travel. They were kayfabe knocked out by Drew McIntyre on the SmackDown before. And Solo Sokoa, who is the youngest Uso who who got called up, he just shockingly pulls the referee out on the Claymore. And and then Roman Spear, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not only that, Tyson Fury comes to the ring and he serenades American Pie by Don McLean <laughs> with, with Drew in McIntyre Wales. in Wales. And it's like... <laughs> and they're like celebrating and they're like doing these posts these doing the they're doing these shows after where they're doing packages oh man what a proud moment for drew McIntyre. he lost <laughs> got screwed and lost what right? a proud moment i've always i've that's always like, hated that's that like if you get eliminated in the playoffs and they have a fucking parade for you right i've always thought that's actually really bad booking when a guy loses a match and doesn't seem to care like you should care that you lose. You know, you it should, should be, care that you, you should lose. be devastated. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, but I guess you know, someone hands you a mic and tells you to start singing Don McLean. You do it, Andrew. Like, <laughs> but uh, you know, Seth Roll- the Seth Rollins Matt Riddle match had a had a sort of crowd where they sort of went a little bizarro. This tag titles match kind of had the same scenario. Ooh! Everybody loves the acclaimed. Everybody loves the fucking acclaim. To the Scissors point that they will turn the odd selling shirt. In they wrestling. will turn Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland heel. Man, um, this is my match of the night. Second year in a row. It was my favorite match. I I am in unison. Yeah, second year in a row where the tag title matches match of the night on their biggest. And show it's of also the year. one of the. It's one of the because we did at Forbidden Door, but it's the second time in three pay per views that I thought Lee and Swerve had the best match. Yeah, they are really, really good, and you know what? They worked great as heels too. They could go heel, and it would be. I love how they had their back turner in the rap. Yep. Like Shane and Keith, they just have that really nice, like, touch of of snobbishness to them. Well, and it like, almost comes one, off like like, uh-huh. like they they treat the acclaim like you guys are wannabes and we're the real deal. Like they you had know. a um they had a mini rivalry with Private Party leading up to this and uh, talking about 
swerve in our glory. Yeah. And Swerve said something like, you need to respect your elders. And that's when I thought, hmm, maybe we're going with a veterans versus young guns yeah. type of narrative in AEW. This might be like the harbinger of things to come. But, but And also, Anthony Bones comes out with a you and your Timon and Pumbaa looking ass. <laughs> And then Max Caster called him Lizzo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Max Caster's rap was fine. Yeah. Um, But I will say this. He worked on his wrestling more than his rap game this time. Yeah, He brought it. I have been hyping the acclaimed as an act for months. But I've been saying that the weak spot is the actual wrestling. And they figured something out, man. Because this thing was awesome. Like, so many great near falls. So many... Oh man, they got me to bite on that one. I, there was a couple moments where I really thought they claimed we were going to win. Um, here's my question: Should they have? Do you think? Like pulled an audible? Like they yeah, could have? Like, there's no Tess, way Tony could have thought this is going to be the Tess hottest act said in the company. It during the uh, announcing, he said. The crowd can feel it. They think the acclaim's going to win. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you where it started, Jordan. Now, the crowd was into it from the beginning. They love they, they loved the acclaim, like we said. Yeah. They were in for the rap. They were doing chants. Like, the crowd was into it. But we've seen these we've seen these matches in throughout history in wrestling where the crowd is, like, really heavy and they're chanting and yeah. they're, they seem involved. And then they kind of dwindle out because they can see the result coming a mile away. And... But I will give the crowd credit this time. They were with them the whole way, and it was some decent back and forth for the first five to ten minutes. Anthony Bowens gets his knee worked um, uh, like for the majority of the match because he had had a bad wheel going yeah. in. or yep. that, that was the case that he had. His knees always give him trouble. And um, there's a point where I think Swerve does the stomp on Bowens, and Bowens kicks out. And that's when you could see the crowd come alive. Yeah, and then... And- Swerve yep. like freaks and starts trying to put him in a knee bar. Yeah, like like, a, like almost like a weird muffler type. Yeah, uh, like, screw this, I'm gonna tap you out. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Max Caster does a drop kick to get him off of him. Yeah. Uh, Keith Lee has some really fun stuff with uh, where he's going back and forth with uh, with Caster because Caster's not a small guy. Yep. you know he used to play football, and so they they do some nice stuff. Um, it's also I also thought it was really nice for Caster to be the hot tag. Yeah, and for both he got Keith Lee up for like an attitude adjustment, basically too near the end. Right, and yes. that that got the crowd hype. There was a couple really, I mean, there was just some really awesome finishers. Yeah. Um, like uh, and and uh, I mean, Bowen's nearly got Lee and Swerve twice. Like there were two yes. where yes. it almost got me. You know. Yeah. Well, and one was Keith Lee accidentally hit. Uh, swerve with the pounce, like Bones yes, got and then out of he the almost, way. Then he accidentally hit uh, Keith Lee with, I think, a kick. Yeah, yeah. So they both yeah. hit each other, and man, like, I'm not a big fan of like calling the audible in the moment because if you've got plans, you should trust your own plans. But man, I think that crowd really, 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 really wanted to see that title but, change. But I'll say this for Lee and Swerve: it didn't feel undeserved. It wasn't no, like this not thing at all. Like, oh, man, they didn't put in the work. Lee and Swerve put in the work. What I like think was, that, yeah, that was a wonderful, wonderful. Like, if I could give it five, I would. I don't, I, I don't feel confident about it, but it was my favorite match. Yeah, I, I agree. Excuse yeah. Me. Um, what I thought was interesting is at the end they did like the show of respect. Like Keith Lee went to scissor them, and the crowd mm-hmm. booed that. They're like, "No, screw you. <laughs> we want them. To, we want the acclaimed." Like they did you that moment. Des- you don't yeah. deserve the scissors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So that was interesting. So 
I, I wonder if we do a rematch here at Grand Slam. Um, and it'll be, because what's interesting is I don't think they were hot because it's a Chicago crowd. The acclaim get pops everywhere they go, you know. Yep. Um, yep. I didn't think they were going to win going in. Um, so, like, the, the finish wasn't a surprise. The match itself was the surprise for me. I did not expect and, and that And let me ask quality. you this, because, I mean, we might be spoiling the rest of the card of what we liked in most and least, but, like, yeah. I mean, we both liked the main event, but, like, I felt like two, the two matches that really got the crowd going and jolted up was were tag matches. Yeah, the, the trios, the, the trios in that one. Yep, and I the agree. tag titles. It just goes to show, like, at the end of the day, what is your break glass in case of emergency, like, machination in AEW it's your tag matches well i mean you and i talked a few episodes back before punk returned like okay if he can't come back could they do ftr versus the bucks to main event all out i think they could have done that you know i'll say this you can run this back as a main event on dynamite oh yeah no question like if they do it at grand slam this could be like the main event of the rampage grand slam for sure right right you know Maybe even maybe not the Dynamite Grand Slam main event because that's usually a world title match, but the Rampage well, one at, for at sure. this point maybe they might have to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they might not have a world title. I'll leave it. So, uh, what other matches? I know we're not going really in order. Um, oh, well, let's talk Christian Cage and uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, which is okay, less of a match no and pro- more of a thing. I had no problem with this. Me either. I had no problem with this. Steve Willie called it correctly, by the, the way. Other Luchasaurus comes out the other tunnel. Shocking heel turn, I guess. Choke slam on the ramp. Uh, choke slams him through a table. Uh, a, a kick out, uh, a hope kick out by Jungle Boy early after the spear. Then the kill switch, one, two, three. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Steve Willie called the heel turn, by the way. Okay. Texted me. So credit to Steve, which means I've never seen Steve Willie and Luchasaurus in the same place at the same time. I think that's who was under the mask. I also like Willie Soros. Um, well, there was a couple things I did notice. Um, Jungle, first of all, Jungle Boy, they they called him on the graphic Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Yeah, and I so think that's going to be moving forward what he is. Right, right. Like, I mean, we're going real. I mean, Triple H is giving everybody their first names back. JT just gave us our names back. We got to <laughs> give Jack Perry his name. But um, also, his mom and sister had permed hair. Like, <laughs> it's just just a thing. <laughs> I, I guess. No, I think that is popular now because my son has a perm, so. And this and this poor woman, she has watched Jack Perry just get brutalized twice. Dude, did you see the marks on his back from the choke slam and the grating? Brutal. It was like rough. yeah, look, it looked like you just got like wedged into a. Well, he was put like, on the grill for a minute or two. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, this one's clearly not done. And I had heard that Christian was a little hurt, so I wonder if he wasn't fully cleared. So that's why they he went must, all angle. I know, no, they they yeah. played that into the dynamite where um, Jungle Boy messed up his uh, elbow yeah. with on steel steps. Clearly, that was just to cover up the fact that he may have had like a torn bicep or a messed up elbow. So, do you yeah. think it's a little much that Luchasaurus turned, then kind of turned back, then turned again, or do you trust that they'll have a, a I valid trust this one because of because the of person cage. Involved. Yes, I felt like there's the patience I there. I mean, this is the the most patient angle in all of AEW. I agree. Like by far, maybe even more than the elite, the the morphing of the evolution of the elite yeah. angle. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not a lot to say about this because, again, it's more just another twist. Um, I don't think that we see the finish even at Grand Slam, which is the next big show. This might go to. 
Is it Full Gear? Is that our next pay-per-view? Yeah, and guess where? They announced it. It's going to be in Newark, New Jersey. This yep. will be the first pay-per-view in the New York, New Jersey area. Gee, imagine, do they have anyone from around there that could headline for the world title? Oh, yeah, MJF. Oh, the, oh, the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw a joke about MJF with his with his Joker mask. Apparently somebody thought there was a show back in the day where some magician exposed magician secrets. And they said that's yes. what it looked like. So, uh, are we missing any matches? We had the tournament final. We had Jade. We talked about the women, the six man Hobbs, Chris Jericho versus Brian yeah. Danielson. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say this one did nothing for me. Like, okay. It, it was twenty. It was twenty three minutes. A low blow by Jericho behind the referee's back to into a Judas. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't much bad, else. but it was just like it's a match I never have any desire to watch again. It was just there. Yes, yes, yeah. And it was the longest match on the show. Mm-hmm. So, it was. It was longer than the main event. Um, mm. there were some moments where I liked, uh, like where Danielson got into his routine late, and it was like, okay, cattle mutilation, yeah. elbows, it's gonna finish him, and Jericho just kind of slowly escaped. I still think Jericho's got it. Like yeah. he's still, he's still in his mode. I loved his promo with Daniel Garcia on the Dynamite before. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I Garcia do too. Wasn't, Garcia wasn't out for this one. He was backstage being shown watching the monitor. Yep. Uh, looking somewhat disappointed. Yep. I guess that uh, Danielson lost. Um, also, Danielson, <clears throat> look. The song is cool, but that that yeah. airbrush machine gun Kelly guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't ever come back. <laughs> no, not cool. Just give him the final countdown. Pay the money for it, and you know, like uh, whatever. <clears throat> but yeah, this is another one where it's really not the end of the story. It's probably, it could be the end of the story for Danielson and Jericho, but it's really the story of Jericho and and uh, Daniel Garcia, which they had a little face to face later in the show where. Garcia said he didn't approve of how he won, and Jericho said, well, you have to go out there and beat Wheeler Yuta by yourself, so on Dynamite. Yeah, by the way, that's in Daniel Garcia's hometown. Yeah, I think he wins. I think he wins yeah. the title, so. Um, my qu- my problem with it was, I get where they're going with the story. Jericho wins, but he cheats, and Daniel Garcia is not appreciative of that. But he should have cheated a little more extravagantly to beat Brian Danielson, not just a nut kick, you know? Yeah, like, JAS came out, like, after. Because yeah. also, remember, he still went with Lionheart right. for um for this. Like, oh, you want the Lionheart to uh, beat you, huh? Well, I'll, I'll give you Lionheart. Well, you know, I you know I almost wish that Jericho just did the sports entertainer. I and, agree. You know, also, a bad night for the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, not good at all. You lost to... You lost to um, you lost to a malcontent. The, the magician secrets, a, yeah. a, a sports entertainer, and you lost to the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so okay, they lost the Joker. CM Punk is straight edge, so Jericho's got to be the smoker. <laughs> and that makes Punk the midnight toker. What are the lyrics? <laughs> The poker, he's a poker yeah. up everybody's ass yeah, right now. Right. <laughs> but um, do you know? Let me let me say this comparison. Do you remember? Um, you remember when George Brett used a pine tar yeah. on his bat? Came rushing and, out, freaked out. Yeah. Yeah, but you remember what he did before that? He just had his hand. He was like cross-legged with his like with his arms behind his head. And he was like telling his teammates, like almost looking like casual, like yeah. If this if this um throws me out, I'm a fucking like go off. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, maybe Punk, Punk's just like that. Like maybe there's pine. Got, yeah, maybe there's pine tar in the muffins he, he was eating. <laughs> he just—it's just one of those personalities where 
you if you do the wrong thing, like it's on, yeah. you know. And that you know that is what you it, know. What it is you know with, but with CM Punk, he's he's only happy he's only happy when he's mad. Like honestly. <laughs> And, you know? and some people were trying to make that comparison with Michael Jordan, like, oh, well, you know, this is the this is the cost of greatness. You have to push to the boundaries. No, 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 no. Michael Jordan was the machine. Michael Jordan was perfect in every single possible yep. way. Like he he had he had the image, he had the um he had the commodity, he had the the stats, he had the rings. Yep. Like there was nothing you could do to touch him. Right. He's just not. He's not on that level. So people are like, well, that's the cost of greatness. I'm like, yeah, but you don't have to be a douchebag. Right. You don't have to be a douchebag. It can be done. Like, I don't think Chris Jericho's a douchebag, and I thought he gave Danielson some nice moments here. Right. You can be a giving wrestler. You know what they should have done with the finish is play it off from the week before. Jericho was going to hit Danielson with a chair. Garcia pulled it from him, allowing Danielson to hit Jericho with his knee. So let Jericho mm-hmm. hit him with a chair this time, you know? Like... Yep, because Gar- Gar- Garcia is not out there to stop him. Like a, a chair right. shot is a little more effective and believable to me than than a nut shot. But a nut shot, yeah. yes. Anyways, I mean it was not a bad match, but it was like. Whereas the tag title match, I wasn't hyped for, and it was like exceeded expectations. This is kind of the opposite, you know. This one I was yeah. More this hyped was sort and, of the this was what you would call the semi main. Yeah. In this. Oh. Yeah. Uh, then we did have one buffer match in between. It was uh, House of Black, possibly Malachi Black's last match. Uh, we yeah, he took a bow that. when it was over. Yep, yeah. against uh, Darby Sting and Miro. Um, surprised that Miro did not get the pin here. Darby Sting and Miro won, but Darby got the pin on Malachi Black. I th- yeah, I'm... Sting got the Black Mist uh, in a nice twist yeah, that's on pretty Malachi. Cool. Pretty cool finish. Yeah. Uh, I Julia like that. Hart was Darby... Just... Darby, had, Darby and Brody King, they're my new Sting Vader. They're just fun no matter when they wrestle. Yep. Like, uh, just throwing them around all over the place. Julia um, Hart was wearing her Halloween costume for some reason. She she, she looked like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She did. But, um, right out of charm I mean, she did. or something. <laughs> Buddy Matthews was there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and Malachi did some nice little moves with Sting. Sting no-selling uh, everybody while he had him in the Scorpion Deathlock. Yeah, that was like, great. They had some nice entertainment. It went about twelve minutes. It wasn't as fun as other versions we've seen, like yeah. when they had the when they wrestled the Bucks and somebody else. And we, then we've seen they had better that, wild Darby Sting stuff. That for wild sure. one at Revolution against Andrade and Matt Hardy. Wow, yes, like that, that was awesome. That's the perfect one. Like that's how you really do it. Like yep. this one was definitely lesser than. Yep. Um, I wouldn't be shocked that Darby Sting and some other person eventually they go for the trios. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be I mean, shocked. I guess perfect time to talk for a couple minutes about Malachi and do some rampant speculating. So sure, uh, sure. rumor was there was a, it was a weird Twitter rumor where some guy said Malachi Black asked for his release, and then people pointed out that he was taking that from a made up Dave Meltzer Twitter account. But then he's like, mm-hmm. but I've also heard it somewhere else, and it got a little bit of steam building up. And kind of what the story has painted out to be is that Malachi Black. Did ask for a release, but not because he wanted to go back to WWE, like people suggested, but more of like a mental health type thing. Yeah, to the point or where he, he might be, back, gut, yeah, and he's and having like back chronic pain, he wants to step away, chronic yeah. pain, and like just time off wrestling. Period. So him doing a bow might be Tony not giving him his release, but saying we'll give you the time you need. Yeah, and I don't want to, and I really don't want to make light of of mental health sure. because that that that's something I suffer with myself, sure. and that's. 
And that's something where, like, look, if you need to decompress, if you need something that, if you need to step away from what something you're good at in order to feel happier, do it. Like, it's it's okay. If some people are looking at it as diabolical, oh, he's just saying this so he can get out of the contract because Tony didn't get him out, the, let him out of it the first time. I don't see that as an ulterior yeah, motive. Yeah, that's somebody think, who doesn't know. I think Tommy Ann really is just do. a. Yeah. I think Tommy Ann is just a different cat. Like yeah. and and like that. That's just. <laughs> I know yeah. I'm saying this a lot. This, no, but to, to tell you why he's a different cat, apparently he posted something on his Tumblr page. Who? What does he have? Fourth emo girl. <laughs> who has a Tumblr page, man? You know, I mean, I've been saying different cats throughout the show. Like, maybe Kenny Omega needs to go. <laughs> That's what Kenny Omega should have done with Larry Dog. He should have brought all of his all of his pet cats that who shit is, all over his living room floor. Who was that guy back in, like, Ring of Honor? Was it Teddy Hart that used to, like, walk to the ring with his cat on a leash? No, but uh, CM Punk walked with Larry into the arena. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could be confident enough to know that I'm going to be the last match of the show and walk my dog to the arena. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wish I could be that confident. Mm-hmm. Larry. But uh, what would Larry Sweeney think of all this? Who knows? Oh, uh, rip. But yeah, I mean, I don't really want to pontificate too much about Malachi because... You know, if it is a very personal thing. And I, I do think, though, it's important to say that it appears to not be a, I want to go back Triple H now. Because there's rumors yeah. that some guys are thinking that. But it seems to have been made clear from the rumors that are buzzing that, like, no, it's not that. It's that he doesn't want to wrestle, period, for a while. So. Yeah, because, I mean, like, we don't talk about the other side all the time. But, like, the, what's going on is they're they're picking up whatever they can. Like, mm-hmm. Johnny Gargano is back and Braun. On Strowman is back. Dexter Loomis is back. Well, did you hear? Um, uh, Bobby Fish apparently is out of his AEW contract. Correct. And uh, yeah. And uh, and the moment he was out of his contract, he called out CM Punk, <laughs> which which goes to show that you know he might yeah. know more than people. There might be more to it than people think. And CM Punk um, waited to really start shooting until Bobby Fish wasn't in the locker room. So let's just say maybe Punk's a little smarter than he thinks too. <laughs> Punk knew. Yeah. He like well, he's not well here's stretched. the thing. Bobby Fish is not, like, with Undisputed the way that, like, Moxley was with The Shield, where it's like, well, you can't do The Shield. You can do Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly yep. cool stuff yep. without him. Absolutely. You know, what if, what if they signed Roderick Strong? Right. You know, like, <clears throat> you, you never know. Like, right. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. It's just, by the way, like, we didn't even bring this up, but O'Reilly and Cole must not be cleared because they did not compete in this yep. event. Not even on the show, not even mentioned. Well, they were mentioned, believe it or not, CM Punk stopped going scorched earth to basically say oh and adam cole's the nicest guy i've ever met <laughs> dude i i so was gonna weird. say that i was gonna say that there's there's two there's two fundamental truths that came out of this whole mess of a press conference number one chris jericho is just the most diplomatic person of all time yeah nothing like things piss him off but not not to the degree that like he's the cooler head that prevails and Adam Cole is the nicest person ever. Yeah, <laughs> no right. one hates him. Right. Like that's the thing about Hangman too. Like when he when he started needling Hangman, it was like I have never heard a bad word about Hangman. But then there was a rumor that came out that um that he that a lot of people don't like working with Hangman sometimes because he works snug. I mean, whatever you know, like <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what Brody King works snug too. Right. You know, what I think is the funniest thing about all this, like with Hangman Page. Is a lot. Said, Happy Labor Day, everybody. <laughs> That's all he tweeted. 
we well, do. Yeah, but what is, what is Happy Labor Day backwards? Oh, day labor happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then we get to our main event. I mean, we've already kind of t- talked about, we all know what happened with MJF. Great reveal of MJF at the end, though. Like, I thought the video was cool. I loved the way he put the scarf on. That was very cool. The Tony Khan voicemail. <clears throat> Super cool. Um, I will say this. I can believe that that's what Tony Khan sounds like when he's not being recorded. <laughs> agreed. Uh, I will say this. The match was really good, but man, that visual at the end where Punk hits the GTS, drops to his knees, and a... KO'd Moxley falls on Punk, like resting on him, was such a cool visual. Yeah, like two warriors. Yeah, just, just dead. Just done dead. and done and yeah, just done and out. And yeah. uh, also like a little nice little prism of like what happened before. Punkly gets Punkly. Wow. <laughs> Punk Punkly Hathaway. Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk gets a GTS on John Moxley early. Yeah, and uh, Moxley's out. And Punk doesn't, like, do the shock face. He just smiles. Because yep. he's like, ah, I got him now. And, yep. like, it's just like, it was almost like that devious nature of CM Punk. But he's got the crowd behind him. It's a Chicago crowd. Moxley is just feeding it. He's flipping off the, the Chicago fans. Mm-hmm. They also do, like, the begin the same thing as the beginning of the submission match between Brett and um, Austin. Where they go into the stands and fight yep. for, like, a good, like, maybe, like, five minutes or so. Yep. And then they go back into the ring. Um uh, Punk gets posted and blades. Nice little blade job too. Yeah, and uh, and like the white trunks helped because the, the, white the blood trunks, stuck like, all over him. As as Punk likes to say, Brett is always right. Yeah, and um, and Mosley keeps going back to the bulldog choke just over and over again, just trying to like wrench his knee, mess up his foot, gets him in an ankle lock. Death Rider, he kicks out of that. King Kong Lariat kicks out of that. And it just had a very epic nature. It felt like an Attitude Era main event, like a really good one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, I that's it was, what it felt like. If this is how the show ended and we had a normal press conference, we'd be doing a very different show. Uh, yeah. We'd be gushing about John Moxley for a half hour, I think. Um, I think we'd be talking about the brilliance of the final angle and the great match. Uh, and it's just a shame that it's all forgotten, you know, in the in the moment after because of, you know, yeah. what went down. Did, but... did the hot shot bother you? Um, not as much as other people, but I understand why it did bother people. I uh, wish that they had maybe, mm, I don't know, because I think if they did like a 10-minute match and then it happened, I think that's worse. I think the fact that it happened right away. And Moxley capitalizes. I honestly think the reason they did that, one, was to pop a rating. But two, I think Tony wanted to reward Moxley and give him an official second world title reign. Which I understand. Yeah. Because Moxley worked his ass off. I agree. To get that point. I agree. Well deserved. Like, he made... Like, let's see, like, I mean, we made the joke about the interim thing with Tony Storm, but, like, what if she turns that into something to the point where it's, like, yep. <laughs> well, yep. it's undeniable now. Yep, precedence you know? is set with, by Moxley. Like, right. mean, Moxley's and, reign has been, he, he's on such a great run. Like, I don't know if he's my favorite character in the company right now, but mm-hmm. I'm always excited when he's there. He's, yep. he's really fun. And I, I hope that they've got plans for him following up this loss, you know? And I like the idea of, like, Mox was the grinder Yep. in this, where, like, he's wrestled, like, every challenger yep. in the last two to three months, so yep. he's in his mid-season mode. 
Punk is Punk is a star, and Punk's got the big moves, and he's got the heavy hits. But he's he's down and out, and he's got a bad wheel. And the moment that you know, like a UFC finish, the moment there was an opening, Mox took it and beat the piss out of him, and um, gave him a death rider to finish him early. And then the second time, Punk was like. I ain't going to let it happen again. So I liked the narrative of it, and it was a really – I thought it was a very good main event. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think what they should have done in hindsight with the first match where Moxley beat him so quickly is instead of Punk collapsing and selling that he's re-injured it, is, like, maybe he hits the kick and, like, hesitates. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it shows that he's afraid of getting hurt again, and Moxley poof, hits him quick. Because, yes. like, then Punk cuts his promo where he's like, I'm 100%, but it's a different... It didn't make a lot of sense. Well, here's the other you know? problem, too. All of a sudden, the ho- the foot's better. Yeah, exactly, better. exactly. Right. So I think maybe if it was, like, a thing where he made a mistake because he was afraid of getting hurt again, and Moxley capitalizes, beats him fast, and Punk's almost, like, incredulous, like, whoa. I think that would have been a slightly better story. Um, As an aside, what did you think of the first and probably last promo that A Steel had in AEW? <laughs> it was good, dude. It was, it really was fantastic. Good. Yeah, it's a shame. Like, the dude's gone. Even if, if Punk's not gone, he's got to be gone. Like, Steel's got to be gone. Oh, um, I mean, listen. If if that rumor is true that he bit Kenny Omega, yeah, he's management. You've got to like, go. He, he's got to go. Yeah, he's his job is to manage the backstage, not bite the guys backstage <laughs> you know <laughs> like he's literally costing himself his job by doing what he's out there to stop so yeah but all in all i thought all out was good i think last year's was gonna be hard to top with danielson and 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 yeah if like if we're doing like the tail of the tape let's just go through the last the, the, the five or six pay-per-views before like sure forbidden forbidden door i thought it was better than forbidden door forbidden door yeah. had better matches but yeah. I, but, but I you've this forgotten was... about him already at this point, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I love the, I love the main event of Forbidden Door. Um, Double or Nothing, yes, because Double or Nothing was just too long. Yeah, like Double or Nothing and, was forever. Yeah. And the bad stuff. I mean, they had a great brawl in the middle of that show, and they had a, you know, I thought Punk Hangman was great and blah blah blah. But I, this one felt a little tighter. It felt like it was just put together a little bit better. I thought this was better, better main event too. Yeah. Revolution? No, I think Revolution's the peak. I think Revolution is about as good as it's going to get in 2022 for AEW. Yeah, that was everybody. It also was ironically around the time where you didn't start hearing a lot of these murmurs. So yeah. I wonder if that had something to do with it too. Uh, let me ask this: So Full Gear is our next pay per view. Is that still? They have one more in 22, right? That's that, November. Uh, full, full Gear is the last one. Yeah, yes. is that November? And Winter is coming. Yeah, but that's a, just a Dynamite special, correct? Right. Right. So we've got one more pay per view to to possibly beat Revolution, but yeah, Grand like Slam it. is kind of unique because it feel it felt big when they yeah. did Arthur Ashe. Yeah. Um, and it's a nice venue and it's outdoors and and they they do Dynamite mm-hmm. and Rampage. Um, so it's I, I'm kind of interested to see how it comes off this time. It's also going to be interesting to see who's available. Well, listen, yeah. last year at Grand Slam they had Kenny and Brian Danielson. Why not just announce Kenny versus CM Punk right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, we already saw it. We just didn't have just, any just say Kenny versus CM Punk in like in bold red font. Card sub to change, <laughs> <laughs> but announce it now. <laughs> but here's the thing too, like. They built so much. I think we talked about this actually on the the anniversary episode of Main Event. Anybody who wants to listen can mm-hmm. to that one. Um, on the other side, um, with 
Tony Khan has built so much trust with wrestling fans that I think he felt confident enough that I mm-hmm. don't even need to say the main event of All Out and people will still watch it because I know people trust me. They know they're going to do it. The problem with Tony Khan, and this is just more of the inside part of it, is that I think he was so focused on building the trust of wrestling fans that he forgot to build the trust with the wrestlers. Yeah. And that can be a really, really dangerous like uh, line line right. to cross. Well, you know, it's, think- it's, it's like a doctor that um, spends their whole life making people better, but they don't take care of themselves. And there are some people who made the warning with the MJF thing. You know, when you work the boys as part of the work, I don't necessarily know that they work the boys, but it set a precedent that we can do real life stuff. And, you know, like maybe Paige said that promo because he knew what the MJF plans were, you know, like, so I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I think you you got to tread, tread lightly. Um, yeah, you have to. But I mean, and then, you know, listen, if, some people think that CM Punk, as he had called himself many years ago in that clip, was a snake. Who can yeah. beat a snake? Another snake. Right. <laughs> yeah. Randy Orton it confirmed all elite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the MJF reveal was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. And again, if it wasn't for this dumb CM Punk drama, we'd be talking about MJF is the star that we all thought he was going to be like crowd erupted for him crowd loved it yep. exactly what we wanted in the return you know so it's just a shame and you just had and you just had to ruin it all like yep. um just two more things about all out and we can kind of get to like our lane yap section yeah. um uh you you like to use this metaphor when we talk about full gear with the hangman story when he won the off at kenny about landing the plane <clears throat> sometimes sometimes with booking you just have to get to that point where all you have to do is make sure at the end ending that you want is the ending that the fans want and the mm-hmm. ending that the wrestlers are happy with mm-hmm. and everybody ever and sometimes it's easy this one did this whole the, the plane ride to land this plane and all out felt did it feel like a little rougher because it felt like it to me yeah i think it felt bumpy and i don't even necessarily think that's all on tony khan i think that the, the real life injury of punk i think made his planning for all out h- harder to do and injuries, remember, because, Chris Statlander went yeah, out. And because yeah. we didn't know until really a month ago that Punk was back. And so he probably, I mean, we talked about this probably in episode probably 22, 21. Like, what's the main event going to be if Punk can't come back, you know? And so that's what us as fans are saying. This is his job. And he's probably like, man, I really want Punk back, but... Uh, Let me ask you this. When we get to All Out 2023, is CM Punk going to be in the main event? No way. I don't... I don't I mean, listen, Jordan, This we talked about this, like, down the road, but now we have to really think about it. Like, you've got to start thinking about an AEW without these, yeah. you know, the, these top no, guys. I don't I don't think so. I think that uh, I, they've got enough talent. Like, listen, CM Punk needs AEW more. AEW needs CM Punk. You know, I agree with that. In terms yeah. of, because he's got nowhere else to go. I will say go. this, though. I think AEW needs... Kenny and the Young Bucks more than Kenny and the Young Bucks need them. I agree. They can go right to New Japan. They can go right to WWE. They can go right to the Indies and be making it, top dollar. It would it would absolutely tear up the foundation of the company. Yep. yep. That's how I feel. Yep. And not just because of the elite stuff. I'm not hanging my head on that. It's just the symbolism of it. Yep. Like that. They they brought Kenny and the Bucks and even Jericho and Moxley. They laid what AEW is. Punk fit into it as well as he possibly could because he's CM Punk and he's a star. Yep. Brian Danielson the same. You know, 
the, the wrestling Jordan in AEW is so great. We we joked about how they could do it with their eyes closed. They could do it and not even talk to one another and have great matches. Like Tony Khan's got this like like Machiavellian idea of like, yeah, but you know, we have these rough times where we have injuries and like tension, but it did lead to a great match. Yep. I'm like, yeah, but wrestlers are people. And if they don't get along and they get to a point where their contract's up and they walk because you didn't squash these beefs, was it all worth it because you got one great match on Rampage? Right. Yeah. I, that's my only issue with the Well, thing. and the bigger thing when you say that they AEW needs them more because they can land on their feet if they leave, you know? Like, if CM mm-hmm. Punk wants to really be a wrestler ever again, this is really the only place he can do it. He's not going back to WWE. Well, that and, is, and his body, that his body cannot do New Japan. His body can barely do AEW. Like, mm-hmm. And really, unfortunately, that's about the only options you have uh, unless you want to start hitting those indies again and start signing T-shirts. Yeah. And this is the last point. So yeah. this is a banner show. Was it a banger show? Mm, at times. I don't think okay. it was, as Seamus said, banger after banger after banger after <laughs> It was banger after, eh. After, there, there was a few. There was enough of them to, to get my money's worth. I thought there was some decent stuff uh, sprinkled throughout. I thought it felt, I thought the match times were a little, a little easier to deal with. It didn't feel epic. It didn't mm-hmm. have that Gabe Sapolsky treatment to it. Yeah. Which is a bad, and I say that in a bad way, honestly. Um, but. Right. Three great matches. I agree. Great, like legitimately. Trios great titles, matches. tag titles, world title. Yep. Correct. Yep, I agree. And coming out of it, there's potential for other great. I, I fully believe that Ricky Starks and Hangman uh, and, and Powerhouse Hobbs can have a great match. I believe that. You know. Yep. Um. So, anyways, let's get to a couple questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're going to limit it to five or six tonight because we are back next week. Instead of doing two weeks off, uh, we're getting right back into our original schedule. So we're doing... Uh, yeah, we were going to do our regular schedule, but uh, just like Mox and Punk, uh, yeah. like JT said, no, we have to do it a week early because the people want it. Yeah. Restrained his vocal cords. We didn't think it'd be good to go. And sure enough, I'm passed out <laughs> here. He's laying on top of me. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, I got some questions for you. Uh, okay. I think this is a good one because coming off the Punk Mox TV match, um, you know, that was basically just a three-minute angle, what is the most hyped you've ever been as a fan for a match that aired on free TV and did that match meet the hype? I have an answer for this. I don't know if you do. Okay, mine, um, the fourth, the the third TLC, the one that had Benoit mm, and Jericho. That's a good one. That's a good on one. SmackDown. I could not wait to see it. It was great. It wasn't as good as the other two. Okay. Uh, mine is Goldberg against Hulk Hogan uh, in July okay. of 98. Now, that and... was only by the weekend that they knew that that was coming, right? <laughs> so there was rumors. I remember okay. back in the day, there were some rumors about it. But, yeah, when it got announced, like, I really believed. I'm like, I think Goldberg's going to win the title. And uh, if it would have been a typical Hulk Hogan finish, I probably wouldn't meet the hype. But since Goldberg did win, that was a crazy moment, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that met the hype. It wasn't a great match, but great, great, great moment for WCW. So um, there's been others, but that one I remember being really, yeah, if I, really if I had to remember, I'll tell you one other one, but it's on, it's a much smaller level. And it's ironic because we just talked about it. the Motor City Machine Guns and Beer Money had a really great match mm-hmm. on Impact. Yeah, And I it was taped, and I knew it was coming, and I really couldn't wait to watch it. One that I really liked, um, 
I can't remember the year, 2002 or three, but it was the Brock Kurt Angle Iron Man on SmackDown. That was 2003. Yeah. Yep. I was all hyped for that. So that was pretty good too. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, what's the uh, side note? What do you think is the most you've been for an AEW TV match? Is oh. there one? Kenny, Kenny Danielson, maybe? Kenny. Yeah. That was it. I mean, that's gotta be now, it. Huh? That was a tumultuous week for me personally, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I got home and watched that and I was pretty pumped. Yeah. It was pretty great. Okay. I'll also say another one when the Bucks and the Luchas wrestled live in California. I really oh, yeah. see that. <laughs> that was wild. That was much more recent, but very, very wild. Yeah. Um, this one, since uh, we talked about the Clash of the Castle finish. Andrew, if you lost the biggest game or match of your life, what song would you like to play to cheer you up, and what D-list celebrity would you like to serenade it with you? <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a great one. You tell me yours. <laughs> I texted you what I thought, and I, I can't remember who it was now. I would say, um, D-list celebrity. Gosh, is Donald Trump's not D-list, is he? I would have Adele sing me "Everybody Hurts" by REM. <laughs> I like Adele. See, I'm thinking more like Dennis Rodman sings. If <laughs> you're going with an actual singer, <laughs> I just hated that. Like, really? Oh, don't be, don't be. <laughs> Don't be down, old chump. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I'm going to go with Dennis Rodman singing Mbop by Hanson. <laughs> you know, Mbop de Gon. You know, Mbop de Nadia. Get on, Hill. Let's see. What else can we ask here? Punk said that he wore Dan House's boots for All Out. So that's the answer. It's all a curse. Uh, Punk said that he wore Dan House's boots for All Out instead of his old ones, and he won the AW. If that's the case, why can't Danhausen ever win when he wears them? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. So Seattle Seahawks had a really good safety named Brandon Browner. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he goes to the Patriots, and then the Patriots win a Super Bowl with him, and he had a great year. He signed with the Saints. He was fucking terrible. He was our <laughs> worst secondary player. <laughs> there are some things that just don't work for you, but it works beautifully for other people. <laughs> some people just have the rabbit's foot, I guess. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, the answer's obvious, but this is a good one. Uh, who, who looked more exhausted by the end of their match? Kenny Omega after his return match, Brian Dixon after his two out of three falls match with Daniel Garcia, or Ric Flair in his last match? Uh... <laughs> Ric Flair looks more exhausted than an actual dead man at that point. And he might have been legally dead for a few moments <laughs> in the match. Oh, poor Rick. I he, he claims he wants to do another one. Yeah, what why? Does he does he is he suicidal? Money. Like what's going on? I think I think it's money. I think he just knows he can grift it another time. Yeah. He probably, probably And he doesn't want anybody to tell him when it's when it's time to stop. Yep. Yep. Um Here's one that I think you wrote ahead of time. Uh, I'm not sure, though. Are you glad that post-event press conferences are emerging as must-watch programming on top of the events themselves? <laughs> uh, yes and no. Like, I love I love going on Twitter and refreshing and seeing if any news broke. I love it. I like that stuff. I don't well, like that it's overshadowed the actual wrestling. Well, that, I mean, the punk one was just extra explosive it was like that yep that's the kind of that's the kind of media thing that becomes like the iverson practice rant or Mm -hmm. 
I'm trying to think of like other random press conferences or interviews that really go sideways. Like that was just like, dude, when you look at Tony Khan's face, like you could, like I told you this when um, Vince McMahon came out and he did that really random, stupid appearance just to show his face and say, "Hey, I'm still famous, guys." Um, when he was about to be, when he was about to get shushed out of the company, uh, he looked defeated. Yeah, like you could see his body language, like he had nothing left. Tony Khan, you could see it on his face. He looked overwhelmed. Yeah. He he looked like, holy shit, I don't know what's going on here. Right. And that is a really – if that is the leader of your company and that's what's going on, like – Well, and I even think too, like a lot of people optics. said – A lot of people said Tony should have stepped in and shut it down. I think that ball was rolling too fast for anybody to shut that down at that point. So like – Yeah. You know, Tony could have said, hey, we're going to stop this right now, and Punk would have probably – Started shooting on him, you know. Like, I think it started with the Cody departure. Yeah, I, and I don't know whose side was on whose side for that. I just think that's where it started. Um, we'll do one more because we've got a lot of okay. questions. We we'll save them for next week. Um, oh, which one did I have? There was one that I wanted to ask. Oh, this one. Uh, Billy Gunn and Colton Gunn had a father versus son match with the son winning. And by the way, Dominic Mysterio, Ray Mysterio might have the same thing coming up pretty soon. Although that's not Ray's not as real. Dominic guy. Mysterio looks like he works at an Olive Garden. Dominic Mysterio is growing out his mullet because he is try- looking like his real father, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> name me the most lopsided father versus son match where one doesn't have a chance in hell of beating the other one. Uh, there's a couple options that come to mind. Um, David Arnold. Flair versus Ric Flair, like for sure, right? <laughs> like Arnold versus. Anderson Fit uh, yeah. Finley versus Dave Finley. Uh, see, Dave Finley's okay. Dave Finley's okay. okay. So that's not fair. Okay. Um, um, I feel like there's a better answer that we're missing. Like David Flair's Eric Watts versus Cowboy Bill Watts maybe is one. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Cowboy could. I mean, the Cowboy could go back in the fifties oh, and sixties. Yeah, I know the answer. Okay, it's Brian Pillman and Brian Pillman Jr. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this show I think is, Brian I think Brian Pillman would have pulled a gun on his son. <laughs> this show is called You Know What That Means Colin Brian Pillman Jr. Sucks Show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of other ones, but it, I'm, I'm sort of drawing a blank. I mean, Billy is well built, dude. There's a moment where dude, he's, he's standing. So gigantic he, in the 80s. He is like he is head to head with Keith Lee, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, like that dude is buff. He's you know? really muscular still. Like it's. I also, I, I also will say, I do like the fact that he's still managing the acclaim. I do like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's cool. It fits better. And seeing that the Gun Club wind up with this MJF group, Billy mm-hmm. Gunn don't need to be in that. And know? and the acclaimed are still learning right now. So like, Billy is there to hey, okay, hey, here comes the spot. Here comes the spot. Like sometimes you need those coaches there to kind of like bring help bring you along and it worked like a charm for that the crowd like we already talked about it but it bears repeating like the crowd was there for it they they had him by the palm of their hand and once the big moves started hitting and the near falls started coming it it crescendoed well, and, and it's I mean, it's it a also, special feeling it's a magical feeling this was a, a natural fit too because the the acclaimed are very much like a modern day new age outlaws in terms of how they got popular you yeah, know, but the New so, Age Outlaws never had a match that good. No, they sure did not. <laughs> Honestly, one of the best matches they had was probably against Cody and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in their sec in their run back in like 2014. So, but yeah, um, 
I mean, we've been talking for a couple hours, and should I check Twitter one more time? See if anyone's been fired since we can. <laughs> you try. I mean, why I mean, not? I mean, I could just bore you with some minutia, like the fact that, um, you know, the Fight Forever game, they're going to try to preview it in um, a couple of uh, game fests coming up, and they're doing the they're doing the New York circuit for three weeks. They're, before they do Grand Slam in late September, yeah. they're going to be in um all they're going to be in Buffalo, and then they're going to be, I think, in Albany. Um, we already talked about how Newark's going to uh have a pay per view in November, and you know, just like just like a couple of random things going on, like W. Morrissey debuting, like we we talked about, uh, the fact that there is a butler for the Trustbusters named Jeeves. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked about how there are too many belts, and somehow Hikaru Shida is now the Stardom champion. She's defending it on Dark Elevation. Is she really? Yes, I'm not <laughs> joking. Uh, Let me ask you this. So it looks Let me like no one. One's been fired, by the way. Okay, so let me ask you this. So, the the number one in America on Labor Day because it's all it's all tentpole releases. If there's no big movie out, nobody's gonna go to theaters anymore because they're dying. The number one movie in America was Top Gun at seven million. Mm-hmm. Is there a possibility that if we just made wrestling events exclusive to theaters, that we could it could be the number one movie in America? I don't know that AEW could do it, but I think WrestleMania could do it. Because I heard that they they have the you can watch them in the theater. I think that'd be cool, but knowing that the four I, hours I've long, never the monster to do those fathom events or AMC, yeah. like I've just never thought about it. Like, why would I watch a live event in a theater? Yeah, I know? saw I saw Beyond the Mat in the theater. So that's okay, about the closest I've gotten. To well, a I was talking show. about like some people watch like like the boxing or yeah. In, and like yeah, and like Money Mayweather's fight or something like that. Sometimes some people will watch it closed circuit in the theater. I just thought I would think that's maybe weird. like if you have like really crappy Wi Fi or something at home or like not a good TV setup. <laughs> Honestly, like, that might be a better option. But uh, here's the only thing I really see since we started taping. A Dave Melcher tweet says the belief is that nobody involved in the fracas will be at TV tomorrow, and that other top stars not booked originally went for Wednesday will be there. A lot of talk is of it is suspensions but that isn't official so still really nothing well i know i know i know who will be at uh the tv tapings somebody who wants their spot (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and judging by AEW's roster that's probably about 17 people waiting outside tony's office right brody king tweeted as well Uh, a lot of cops on the internet today a lot of lawyers too so kind of saying uh too many fans are pontificating so brody yeah, thanks for the and, listen <laughs> yeah and, and you don't want to and you don't want to piss off brody remember he will just randomly come to your office and <laughs> right, <pile up>. <laughs> right, exactly <laughs> wait a lot of cops on the internet today big boss man to all elite confirmed <laughs> <laughs> let me uh can you give me some guesses on what we're gonna see for uh grandson i know we're gonna have another week to talk about this stuff so Man, it's really hard with not knowing what with Punk and them. Right, we'll have a much more clear idea to, yeah. in next week. I don't think you would have seen MJF and Punk at Grand Slam. I think they would wait for the pay per view for that. Um, I think maybe you would see like a a Punk FTR versus MJF duo type thing. I, mean, I don't even know if they'd give that away. Um, I'll I'll give you one. Uh, I don't feel confident about it, but I'll give you one. Okay. Kenny, 
Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Yeah, I think that. I think coming out of All Out, I think you see a tag title rematch from All Out. I think that Acclaimed and Swerve and Keith Lee again. Uh, Daniel um, Garcia versus Chris Jericho. Yep, I think you could do that. That could happen. Um, you got to do something with Moxley, man. We haven't really talked about Moxley, but like, you've got to give him something to keep him involved. Like, I, I don't know what, but gosh, maybe even like a trios tag title defense, like the elite against Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. Like, that would be a banger, dude. <laughs> like Cesaro, but, Cesaro, know, like, Danielson, and Mox. I will say, I will say, like, it does confirm things that we've already seen with, like, the different crowds when we watch the shows and the paper, and, but, like, the pay-per-view did showcase people that we know are coming along, like John right. Silver. Right. And he was great in the trios match. And, um, and, and the acclaimed and, you know, Swerve, I mean, Swerve, I mean, I'm tired of talking about how great he is. Right. Like, he, he's so like, good. I think he's beyond the underrated. I think like, we'll, I think we'll get a Ricky uh, Hobbs rematch at Grand Slam. By yeah, the way. Hobbs Hobbs is pushes coming. I think Hobbs Wardlow is next. If I really Ooh, had to rampantly, yeah, speculate. that'd be fun. I think that'd that's next. Fun. Wardlow needs something too, man. But like he's he's starting to cool uh, quite a bit for the fans, and he needs something. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of hard. Um, I'll give you a better guess next week. How's that sound? <laughs> After we've seen, <laughs> yeah, after we'll we've seen some back, TV, yeah. So yeah. one year in the books, we did it. I know, man. One year down, and uh, only one major backstage brawl to talk about that we know of. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Listen, if AEW somehow goes away, I love the idea of like, is AEW going to get sold? Because he Khan is just so tired of his son <laughs> not knowing how to run things. I'm like. That's a $100 million profitable company. They are right. not going to close it out of nowhere. Are you out of your fucking mind? Exactly. Like, no. So. But um, I'm, I'm glad that thing, that there's winds of change. I I mean, the, the it's not winds of change of AEW. It's more like a fart that, like, like burst like in front of A fart that face. cleared the room. <laughs> but the other guys yeah there's definitely they're they're definitely trying to do th- streamline things and wrestling i mean jordan wrestling's fun but i do yeah. think this podcast and i hope the listeners who listen to it they feel like enjoyment of of all elite wrestling because if you like i say this in work if you don't laugh you'll cry right like right. you listen you listen to these stories and yeah does it feel like high stakes and it feels kind of sad that you know your hero is an asshole yeah but like you gotta laugh at this. Like it, in the in the long game of like of professional wrestling, like it, it's all gonna work out. Like yeah. we're still gonna have some amazing matches, and you know we're gonna have wrestlers build their legacies on top of like happy accidents, like CM Punk maybe leaving and stuff like. like it's gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Well, I mean, as Boris Johnson once said. <laughs> Hey, Sarah, Sarah, whatever it may be, will be. Well, as Boris Johnson once said, we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> as Boris Johnson once said, Columbus, Ohio. So. <laughs> but yeah, Rich, it's been a great year. I've enjoyed this a it lot. It has. Um, and I'm still looking forward to our shows as much as I'm looking forward to watching AEW. And yeah, I'm... we need to challenge ourselves more. We did one after a Dynamite, during a Dynamite, one where you were sick, yeah. one, one when I was on a phone. We'll have I don't get the backstage what, uh, passes, and, and we'll have to get into these media scrums, I think, is our next step. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to super kick the, court, the door down. CM Punk's shooting. I raise my hand. Hey, Punk, what's your favorite grape? <laughs> <laughs> I start reading your list of questions. 
if I was if I wanted to be the like, let me ask you this to finish it all off. What was the what would be the most trolltastic question you would ask Punk? I got one. Uh, okay, go ahead. Um, do you need a Z pack? <laughs> I think I just ask him. Is this a shoot? <laughs> <laughs> is this real life? Now we know who David after the dentist dentist was. It was Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Dave Melcher, spoiler extraordinaire. <laughs> she's Adam the Cole leak. Is not, she's the leak. She's the mole. Yep. I'm telling you, man. Man, that should be it. That that should be a storyline. If Tony Khan yeah. listens to the show, <laughs> we're going to know really soon if Dr. Britt Baker gets suspended for being the leak. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll be back in a week. No, no promises that Britt Baker will be, uh, because she might, she might get caught. Um, but yeah, for Andrew, for myself, thank you for one year of listening with us, one year of watching AEW. Uh, we've been doing Cult of Personality as our intro song for a full year, and I thought it was only fitting that uh, we change that up uh, because we may not be here tonight on AEW anymore. Um, but we're still gonna be watching whether Punk's there, whether he's there. We'll watch the bitter, bitter end, won't we, Andrew? <laughs> Yeah. Wait, there was AEW before CM Punk? All this happened when Eggman Page had one two the day.